Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Ain't nothing on TV tonight. No, I noticed that. There's no basketball games. I mean, we're There's, live. Uh, yeah, the college college basketball is on. Jimmy V Classic. Oh, oh yeah. ladies, are we live? Are we live? Is it live? Um, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in once again to the place where sports opinions collide. I am your host, 12 Kyle, and welcome to another weekly edition of the best two hours of your sports week. This is dead in sports uh we want to thank you uh for tuning in as you do each and every tuesday night you can catch us live uh on youtube on our youtube channel if you haven't done so already make sure that you subscribe to the channel uh just go to the describe subscribe button right there uh youtube.com backslash dead in sports a lot of stuff to talk about tonight of course i will not be doing it alone got the crew in the building uh, first up, my man, BZ430. 430, BZ, what up, though? What up, though? What's up? What's up? What's going on, Kyle? Chilling, man. Chilling. What's going on with you? Yeah, I wish I was I wish I was in your shoes. You out at a hotel, man? You out in paradise somewhere, <laughs> man? Like, where, man, where, if, I, where? if I told you where I was, you'd be like, man, I'll be back in the A tomorrow, man, so it's all good. <laughs> like, man, uh, you, you out in the hotel? I'm thinking paradise somewhere, man. <laughs> If I look out that window right behind you, man, you're gonna be. I'm seeing man, like. Man, trust me. If I was in paradise, in, in blue waters. If I was in paradise, I'm gonna be doing this show. Uh, <laughs> y'all remember that? Yes. <laughs> yeah, if I was in, if I was in paradise, I, I wouldn't be doing this show. I'd be like, all right, I'll catch y'all next week. <laughs> man. Uh, also join us, man. The homie Ken. Ken, what's going on, Playboy? Trying to recover, man. I know we haven't had a show in, what, two weeks? Yeah, two weeks. It has been two weeks. Yeah, man, just been down and out, man. I've been on the shelf. I've been on the uh, IR list. Hey, man. You know, <laughs> you know what that means. More, more old jokes are going to come. I know. I know. I, I, I'll, I'll accept it. At least I'm still here. Wait. Hold on, hold on, Ken. Are you older than Mike? Because Mike older than you. Mike is Mike is uh, two years younger than I am. He's thirty eight. I thought Mike said he was older than you. Nah, nah. That's why I always okay. Okay. Uh, refer to him as my little brother sometimes because he, okay. he and my brother okay. are the same age. That's why I always okay. tell him, say gotcha. he's the same age as my brother. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I I could have sworn I heard it. I thought he said that he was older than you. I was like, wait a minute, Mike older than Ken? Okay, all right. Mm-hmm. And also join us, man. Uh, FIFO is not going to be on with us tonight, man. But filling in for FIFO is our our homie, man. Uh, the sixth man, our boy Q. Q, what up? 
Hey, what's up, everybody? What's going on, Kyle? Just here to talk about Sailor these man, sports. What's up with you, young buck? Man, Eagles terrible. Six is terrible. But other than that, man, I'm going to survive, hey, man. man. It's all good, Thank though. you. Q, we talk about this every every fall, man. <laughs> it's okay. Trust in the process, right? You still hey, trust in the process? A, I still do trust the process. I think I've, I'm more confident in that than the Eagles. I've been saying that, but – I need y'all to beat Washington, though, for real. For We're real. not going to beat Washington, just understanding that. But anyway, here to talk about sports and uh, have some fun. So I need, let's get into it. I need Ben Simmons to come back. That's what I need. January, maybe. Okay, okay. They're talking point guards. We'll see. That would be dope. 16 point guards. <laughs> no doubt. Uh, like I said, a lot of stuff to talk about, man. We're going to get right to it. Uh, the playoffs in college football have been set. Um, the committee has, has made their decision. Uh, we have Alabama facing off as the number one seed against the number four seed, uh, the Washington Huskies. Um, and then you have the number two seed, Ohio State. Buckeyes going up against the number three seed, the Clemson Tigers. So I'll start right there, B. Uh, did the playoff committee get it right? Oh, man. Okay. Um, it's probably coming from a little bias space so i would say i would say i will put michigan over washington as that final the final fourth uh fourth squad um because i I just think washington is going to get i think that's not even going to be a game alabama and washington um i think come i forgot what day the actual semifinal games are but i think after the day after those games we're going to be like why was washington even in the playoffs because they're going to get it's going to it's not going to be a contest and i really think that michigan with them being one of the top, I think the top defense in the college is going to put up, will put up, a, could have put up a better fight against Alabama. I'm not saying they're going to win anything like that, but I think we would have had a, a much more entertaining game if Michigan was sliding that at that fourth spot. Um, but other than that, I mean, I, I didn't have no issue with it. Ohio State only a one loss team, they, which was to Penn State. Um, yeah, I knew Clemson was. I think Clemson. I think going into this past weekend, I think Clemson and Alabama were the only two teams that I felt that even if they would have lost, they would have still been okay. I think they'd have still been good. They'd have still been in the in the in the final, you know, final four teams to be in the playoffs. But um I was praying for Washington to lose because I was like, man, if Washington lose to Colorado, they definitely gonna slide Michigan up in there. Mm-hmm. But you know, they didn't catch the L. And I was hoping maybe if if Clemson, but then I thought about it, I'm like, well no, Clemson not gonna lose. And then if they do lose, I think they're gonna still keep them in there. I I, I wouldn't have, they probably would it would have been a li- little bit in, interesting if, if Clemson would have lost and they just slide Michigan in there. But um yeah, just coming from a little bias. Like I wanted to see Michigan in the playoffs, you know. Of course, you know, in college football, kind of coaches kind of make make they're they're good at making a name for themselves in, in college more so than the NFL. But um yeah, man. You know Jim Harbaugh and Urban Meyer and Nixon. Like I, I, I definitely could have saw that going going into this uh, playoff. But yeah, if I was to put take out one squad, it would definitely be Washington. Just because I just think when we watch this game, we're gonna be like, what the heck? It's gonna probably be over. <laughs> it's gonna be over by the third quarter or something like that. You know, Alabama gonna have a, you know, they wear teams down, man. So Alabama gonna be up by like three touchdowns by the time third quarter come around. So. I don't know. That's just me. I mean, you know, you can make an argument for Penn State because they won a conference, but you know that's a two-loss squad. You know, and they beat Ohio State. Everybody called that game was like, you know, called that game was a fluke because you know Penn State had control the whole time, but then they got blown out by like thirty-some points to Michigan. So there's right. a lot of little variations, man. But just me being a little biased to my home state, 
I was I was hoping I was hoping to see Michigan slide in there at that fourth spot, but you know it is what it is. You know, I, and I, it's funny because people complain about oh they need the eighteen playoff. Well, guess what? If they make if they expand to eighteen, they're gonna be talking about the last right, those right. last few teams that didn't make the eight or whatever. Exactly. Like oh these they deserve to be the seven and the eight seed going into the play. Like it's gonna still be complaining regardless if they expanded to an additional four. So. It's, it's never going to be a happy a happy medium place with the playoffs, you know, because I even said this before they even came with the playoffs. I said when they said it was only going to be four teams, I'm like, man, four teams, people are going to be complaining. People are going to be complaining. And look, and look what we've been doing for the past, what, two, three years since they started the college playoff. Every time, oh, that fourth team, they don't <laughs> be in there. Da, da, da. It's always a team or two that should have a shot opposed to another team that's in there. So if they do that with eight, it's going to be the same thing. But – you know, it is what it is. What about you, Q? Uh, did the college playoff football committee, did they get it right? I'll just say, yeah, for the sake of arguing. Um, like B said, every single uh, time since they've made this playoff uh, system, they've always had people come in and say, oh, well, this team deserved it, or this team deserved it, this team deserved it. And I'm just kind of over it because – College football is already one of my least favorite sports just because I hate the game and what they do to the players. But when it comes to just their already flawed system, it's perfect because it's imperfect. And I really don't care that much to, you know, say, oh, Louisville deserved to be in that fourth spot. Oh, Michigan deserved to be in that fourth spot. It is what it is at this point. And if you want to fix it, then – either fans or the community needs to expand the playoffs to more teams like an NFL playoff system uh, because they're already treating the players like they're pros. We're not going to get into that conversation. But since they're already doing that, then they should just already make a pro-style playoff system instead of just having those four teams. Um, that's just my opinion. So I'll say that they did get, get it right, but they can't make it a lot better than what it is right now. True, true indeed, true indeed. What about you, Kent? Uh, did the college playoff football committee, man, did they get it right? Hey, V, let me ask you this. Yeah. Penn State versus Alabama. How do you think Penn State would match up? <laughs> um, I, they probably would have felt out better than Washington. I don't know. I'm just not really sold on Washington. Maybe it's like that Pac-12, that pac 12 out in the West, this is like, though, they're just so small. I can see Alabama wearing out Washington. Have you seen a lot of Washington this year, B? I'm, I'm curious. Like twice. Okay, okay. Like twice. I mean, I guess that's a lot. That's a lot considering that they're the West Coast. <laughs> right. Team. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, I saw them twice. I watched them in this Pac-12 championship game, and I watched them against uh, USC. Yeah, me too. That's on yeah, me USC. Well. Yeah, I watched them against USC. So, yeah, twice. So, I'm just, yeah. I, I just, I just, I'm just wasn't sold. And I think they lost to USC. When they played them. They did, yeah. They yep, yep, they did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they got spanked by them. So, yeah, it's just like, this is this is who y'all going to have going against Alabama. And y'all expect this to be an entertaining game? So, I hope I hope they prove me wrong. I hope we sit here and be like, oh, this is actually a good game. But I don't think it will. But I think, Penn State, I think Penn State would have fared better than Washington. A little bit more physical. Yeah. Washington plays really, really light. Yes. They, they, you know, when, when I see them play, it looks like everything they do is, like, really light on their toes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Penn State, they're a little bit more rugged, a little bit more to the ground. Like, they'll hit you. 
Um, Washington, I, I don't know if they're going to be up for for them boys in Alabama when, when one of them catch them. I, I, I don't know if they're going to be ready for that, man, because um, this is a different breed um, down there. Um, for me, I think it's tough because, like, there's arguments all around. Right. And I think that when you lose two of your last three like Michigan had, you can't put them in, and you can't lose late. And you have a quarter quarterback whose shoulder is all broken, and we saw what he did. B, I know that defense is for real, but if that quarterback – that quarterback gave away, what, 14 points? Yeah, 14 points. Yep. Sure, sure why they lost. So – and he was playing injured, and respect to that kid, man, because – you know, to go up against Ohio State, and they're going to hit you. Uh, that took a lot of guts. But, you know, he tried to go out and get that L, and they had a 10-point lead. They blew it. And you could argue the, the call blew it or whatever. But nevertheless, it was a loss. I think – so if you put them up against Alabama, space may last two or three series before one of them come around that corner and catch him. And then you get back <laughs> up there. And then, then what are you going to do? Now, I think the defense will be able to hold them for a while, but offensively they would have struggled. But the fact is they lost two of the last three, and I think that, for me, you can't put them in because of that. Do I think they're one of the four best teams in the country? Absolutely. Um, but I think Washington having one loss, man, and I've always been against the committee, whether it's the BCS or whether it's the playoff committee, rewarding uh, teams because they play in a bigger conference like they have in the past. And when you see guys like TCU or um, Baylor, I think, one year, didn't get in. And we know they would have got smashed too, but right. they deserve to get in because of their record. So Washington, hey, you're in. Be careful what you ask for. And now it's up to you to go prove and show that you deserve to be in that spot. Show, show that – the committee got it right by going up there and 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 playing matching up against them boys. If if Lamar Jackson didn't fold down the stretch, I would have argued. Oh my God, Louisville again, but they just fell apart. Um, so, and I think that Louisville wouldn't have even gotten in the way this committee is going. I think they would probably would have put Washington in, uh, but you know, outside of I think Washington is you looking at Washington Penn State. Or or Michigan, and I think Michigan can beat both of those teams three out of four times. But the fact is, you know, Washington lost. I mean, Michigan lost two of their three, and you know, I think Penn State had two losses on their record, and I know they beat Ohio State. So yeah. it, it's, it's it's muddy, man. It's, it's it's real muddy. But I'm with Q. I'm with B. I think we need to expand it. Six teams, eight teams, whatever. I think at that point you can't argue for not teams nine and ten. At that point, you're really making up some stuff just to create controversy. You know, I even think if you if you go six, we don't need to argue. For, well, I don't think they can do six, but you know, I think if you get into six or eight or whatever that number is, at that point, if you argue for anybody outside of that. I mean, you probably shut up and just take what we got because at that point, that top ten is is, is your proven commodity. And if you hang, if you're lingering around nine and ten, 
you know, you better be undefeated, you know, for you to um, – and a real good resume for you to argue about whether you're going to be in. But um, at this point, I think right now, I think people said it's manufactured controversy. And I think this year definitely um, there was a real argument to be had about who gets in. But I think they got it right. right. By the you way, know, I, I think Florida Atlantic just lost – just beat Texas. Just thought I will throw it out there in college basketball. In basketball? Yeah, college basketball. Oh, Lord, Shaka, you better watch your back. <laughs> you better watch your back, Shaka. They just got Charlie up out the paint. <laughs> For real, though. And they'll, they'll move you up out of there. Um, I think uh, I think I think everybody made some great points. I think did they get it right? Yeah, they did get it right to some degree. But I think the, the frustrating part is is that you have a conference champion in the winner of the Big Ten, and they're not going. So you know you got Ohio State who has one loss, but you know you have a Big Ten champion that's sitting at home. Well, not sitting at home, but I mean they're going to a bowl game, but they're not in the Final Four. And it's almost like, you know, and I, and I know college basketball is different as far as the NCAA set up. But, but in theory, there's a automatic bid for the ACC champions into this field of 64. So if Wake Forest goes 10 and 15 for the year but wins the ACC tournament, they're automatically in, regardless of how they finish through, through the season. So, And I know that that does not give – in college football, they don't give you an automatic bid, but if you if it what they've done is basically undermine the purpose of a conference championship. So if the Big Ten, you had two teams playing for the Big Ten title, and we we pretty much knew that neither one of them was going to get in, then why play the Big Ten title? I mean, just five years ago, Urban Meyer said, and I quote, "The champion of the Big Ten should get to the playoffs," and now. His team is going, and then they weren't even in it. So I think that's where they got it wrong, but that's not their problem. Um, like Ken said, it depends on when you lose, how many losses that you have. Ohio State only had one loss, and they lost late, and they happened to lose the same weekend that everybody else lost. Um, I think personally it's just Alabama and everybody else. I think there's a – as far as talent, as far as how they play, uh, I think Clemson probably has the best opportunity to beat them, but – we haven't seen Clemson at their best all season long. So, you know, it's, it would take a, a monumental effort from Clemson to beat them. But, uh, but did they get it right? Yeah, they did. It's just it sucks that the, um, you know, the Big Ten winner is out of it. I think even if you expand it, I, even if you expand it to eight, which they, I don't think they're going to do because their case, the, the argument they'll make is that that means another week of playing. But that means that you have to either push the season up or you have to push the ending of the season up, and they don't want to do that. Um, to get the games to fall where basically you can get them to fall during the holidays or what have you. Um, but I think they, I mean, they got it right. I just think it sucks that, you know, you got Penn State sitting at home when, you know, they're the conference champions. So they're going to get a, they're going to get a ring, but they're not going to the final four, if you will. So um, we'll see. We'll see. I, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know how many of these bowl games I'm going to watch. I'm definitely going to watch the final four. But I mean, it's I mean, it's so many. If you if you're playing in a bowl game before Christmas, um, I'm probably not watching. Um, and, and my but, bad. I'm in Ohio State. Florida Atlanta beat Ohio State. Texas playing Michigan right now. Okay, okay. Yeah. All good, all good. Um, so yeah, so we'll see what happens, man. So the college football playoffs have been set. 
Uh, moving on, man, last night, NBA, Clay Thompson, what can I say? Goes for 60 points. 6-0. Six, 60 points in 29 minutes. John Wall um, got 50 right now. Wow. Are you serious? John Wall got 50, and Lou Williams had like 48 last night. Wow. So, Clay Thompson for the Golden State Warriors uh, goes off last night. I mean, he was hitting from everywhere. Uh, let's start right there, Q, man. What's your thoughts on, on Clay going for 60 in 29 minutes? Man, uh, Golden State is hitting that point where uh, Miami in 2011 was at that point when they first got the big three, and they were struggling mm-hmm. just a little bit. They were losing a couple games. I think it was um, – I think they lost a couple games like Charlotte or something, and people were panicking, like, oh, this was right. a, um, right. this was a, a mistake. LeBron should have stayed. You know, this was I – mean, let me read you the stat real quick. Clay Thompson had the ball in his hands for a total of 90 seconds last night. 46 touches, 60 points. Clay dribbled 11 times on his 21 field goals, 11 times. And he had the ball for 1.5 seconds per touch in the front court. Hmm. To me, that's more impressive than some of the greatest like scoring outings that we've seen because he didn't have the ball dominantly in his hand. He wasn't going Kobe 81. He could have passed Kobe's 81 last night. He did not play the fourth quarter. So right. what this signifies to me is that Clay is being Clay in the regular season, but we have to temper expectations because we know how Clay does in the playoffs and in the finals. Hopefully he demands the ball more in the playoffs because they now have KD and he seems like he's upset that people would even ask him to take less touches. But as we're seeing, Duke can touch the ball 11 times and literally score 60. So what we're seeing right now is that in my opinion, Reggie, uh, he's like a Reggie on steroids, man. Like, Man, I'm going to quote my boys, Nani Drip Dripping on that. Like, that's a great analogy. He's Reggie Miller on steroids where he's in the perfect system and he's in a perfect situation. And he's he's a microwave, man. Duke can heat up in seconds. And then, to me, he's more explosive than what Steph can do because Clay's release is so fast and so perfect. Steph has to dance a little. He has to dance to get his shot off. Clay can just, like, spot up. He, he, he can just run to the corner. Spot up. He can take it inside. You know, he can post up. He can go in mid-range. He has, he has a pretty solid offensive game. It's not as, like, it's not as steep as an array of, like, a KD or Carmelo or anything like that. But he has a good array of moves, and he knows how to get to the basket. So, 60 points on just 11 touches, and he had the ball for a total of 90 seconds that entire game. That's probably – than the, the Kobe 81, dude. Like, that's more impressive to me. Wow. I feel you. I feel you. What about you, Ken? Um, your thoughts on Clay, man, going smooth off. 60 points, 29 minutes. Golden State blows them off the court, man. What, what's your thoughts on, on Clay's game last night? I was disappointed. Um, <laughs> you know. <sighs> Like I saw Clay had 60, and I was about to go to bed. 
because we were out, uh, B and I and, and, and Mike and Raph and FIFO, uh, shout out to NASA. We was at a show, uh, NASA performed and Uncommon NASA, uh, Uncommon NASA, Damon Tyrell and, and Sketch 185. Shout out to them. Check them out. Um, on Apple Music, Spotify, wherever you get your music from. Um, so we were there. You know, I just made it to the crib. I was getting ready to go to bed. I saw play at 60 in, in like three quarters. I was like, oh, let me turn this on and see if he's going to go for, for 80 or 100. And he didn't even play. <laughs> he didn't even play the fourth quarter. And I wanted him to really get out there. And I know he wanted to get out there. He said he wanted to get back out there. And I think he should have gotten back out there. It was very disappointing, man. Like the way he was shooting the ball, some of the shots that he, he was hitting, like that's that Q just um, said was phenomenal. 90 seconds and you put up six points. And, and the one that he hit when he just, he was going on the baseline on the right side of the court. And he his back is like to the side away from the basket. He just catches it and turns around and, Nothing but net, and I, I all I could do was just shake my head. Like, it, and and I think in, in moments like that, when you have guys like him, and I think he could have easily broken the record. Um, I think when you have guys like that, man, I, I think you have to throw sportsmanship out the, out the door because these are rare moments that happen. These they rarely occur. That sometimes you have to embrace the moment and live in the moment. And if Indiana okay. wants to sit there and let this man pop 80, 85, 90, 100 on him, then that's on him. You know, at that point, it's up to Nate McMillan to – because if I'm Nate McMillan, at some point I'm a triple team. I, you know, I don't care. I'm, I'm not going to let you sit out here and embarrass me like that. It's just not going to happen. You know, 60 and three quarters? Come on, man, that's ridiculous. So I think Kerr – and Kerr has done this. He did this last year. He did it to Steph where, you know, he would take Steph out and Steph was close to hitting the record. But I thought it was fantastic, man, um, to to have that type of shooting performance, to do it in the nature that he did it, you know, just, just catching and shooting. You know, going up, he was actually literally going up for wide open layups. It was like layups. Mm-hmm. Nobody was around him. It was incredible. And sad on the Indiana Pacers' fault. They should be ashamed <laughs> of themselves. And they should actually, if I was the, the, the coach, if I was the manager, owner of that team, I would dock their ass. You know, for allowing that to happen, for showing hey, that type of hey effort. Ken, you know why this happened, right? Why the, they didn't have Roy the Hill? Oh, <laughs> 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 if they'd have had him, but it wouldn't happen. Yeah, well, they didn't have him, but a lot of things would happen. <laughs> but yeah, it was good, man. It was outstanding. What? No doubt, no doubt. What about you, B? Uh, your thoughts on on Clay going off last night? Yeah, it wasn't kind of it wasn't surprising. I mean, because didn't the man score thirty seven points in one in a quarter last year? So yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, it's not like you know, it's not like this is surprising. The man scored thirty seven points and and within the within a little under twelve minutes in a quarter. So uh, you know, it's funny because you know, I remember we was talking about like. You know Jordan, and I remember I was talking how like people like the people always try to hold Jordan to this high standard because they don't want to like let go of the precious era of Jordan. I was seeing a lot of that on Twitter this morning, 
when I had tweeted about like, man, Clay, Clay, you know, could have beat Kobe's uh, eighty-one points record. Man, the Kobe stands came out. <laughs> they were so, they were so um hurt and like, no, oh, he wasn't gonna get it. You know, he, he he didn't have a shot at getting it. What are you talking about? This dude had twenty in twenty-nine minutes. He had sixty points. What you think? Twelve more minutes he was gonna do with that time? Right. You know what exactly. I'm saying? So. If this man is capable of scoring thirty-seven points in the quarter, what made you think he wasn't going? He he he. That eighty-one was def, definitely in jeopardy. So it's amazing how people want to hold on to their, you know, their favorite player. You know, oh, I'm I'm so glad. You know, Clay Thompson got put out. He didn't go in and beat Kobe's record. You know what I'm saying? It's like, dude, shut up. Just if it's somebody <laughs> said that. Yes. Yeah. I'm, oh, me, you, know, when, you know the Kobe When I, when you know I tweeted this up, morning, man. when I tweeted this morning, man, that the Kobe stands came. They came for me when I said Kobe. When I said Kobe's eighty-one record was it was in jeopardy. Oh, they got mad. They got mad. But it was though, huh? It it definitely was though. Because check this out. It was. It was. Check this out. Will Chamberlain, one hundred points in forty-eight minutes is equivalent to two point eight. Uh, points per minute. Clay Thompson, sixty points in twenty-nine minutes is two point seven points per minute. If they kept him in. For the rest of that game, dude could have at least got seventy five. Could have at least, and that's at least, and that's at least. So, mm-hmm. yeah, man, it's like you know, people just holding on to their precious eras and stuff, and or their precious favorite player. Look, I'm, I'm, I'm a person where I'm all for witnessing history. I love witnessing. Yeah, yeah. I don't care yeah. who of it. Like I, I ain't gonna lie. The one time I rooted for the Patriots was when they played the Giants in 07 when they was going for that undefeated season. Because I wanted, because because I wanted, to, you know, tell my dad and all his friends. Oh, guess what? You know, they was all bragging. Oh, it ain't gonna never be another seventy-two Dolphins. It ain't gonna never be another seventy. And when the Patriots was that close, I can't, I can't front. I was rooting for them because I wanted to witness history. I wanted to see an undefeated. I wanted to see an NFL team go undefeated in my lifetime. Just like I want to see Russell Wilson. Um, yeah, Russell Westbrook. Average triple double this season because I want to witness this in my lifetime. You know what I'm saying? Like I want to witness this. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, shut up. People that's all hold on to their Kobe, they Kobe feelings and stuff, man. Shut up. We know Kobe. <laughs> this don't make the, if he if if Clay Thompson would have surpassed that record and scored eighty four points, that wouldn't have made Kobe less great. Kobe would have still been considered pretty much the second best shooting guard in the league. He just would have had his record broken. You know what I'm saying? But I thought it was cool. I thought it was pretty amazing. I didn't watch the game, but when I saw it, I was like, sheesh. 60 points in three quarters in 29 minutes. That's crazy. And he didn't play a quarter. So I thought it was cool, man. I love seeing I love seeing dudes out there just in the zone getting buckets, man. Just I love it. Yeah, I agree. Hey, you, hey, man. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. Real quick, Kyle. B, isn't it much, much more enjoyable to say that you saw a team go undefeated and lose the last game of the season? <laughs> Isn't that? I mean, I guess I I guess because it was the Patriots. So yeah, I mean, you know, me being not a not a super Patriots fan, I was like, and you know, when they lost, I'm like, I was like, ha ha, that's what they get. But then at the at the end of the day, I was like, man, now I gotta now I gotta hear my dad say, this is why I ain't gonna never be a semi two dog. So it's just like, you know, I want I want to see that in my lifetime, man. You know, I want to see that. So yeah, man. Yeah, I, I man, I agree. I think um, I didn't see the game either. I do I actually dozed off and then woke up and I saw a couple of tweets and I'm like, man, let me. And at first, when I heard that he had 60 points, the first thing I was thinking was, okay, 
he must have shot a bunch of threes. And then, like, to what the, the stat that Q just read is amazing. Like, and then when I finally saw the clips on Twitter, like, he had layups. He had wide-open layups. He was mid-range. I mean, like, he really – if you look – if you want to go look at his uh, shot selection, his shot chart, I mean, like, he literally hit a shot from damn near every spot on the floor. And, um, you know, I think it would have been easier to kind of dismiss it or whatever. Well, not, I, don't even, I don't even think you can dismiss it. But I think some people may have said, okay, well, he, he just got – like, let's say if he hit, like, you know – that's an out-of-body experience. You're probably not going to have those type of nights. But when you go for 60 and you are and and you have that level of consistency as far as the mid-range, layups, I mean, now, like you said, dude, some of those layups were uncontested. I mean, like, he's coming through the lane. There's nobody putting a body on him or anything. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he clearly – and, I mean, I think – and, Q, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I saw at least two or three reverse layups. So he's out there stunting on him. Yeah, no, so, he had, like, five reverse layups, dude. He had, like, one, like, finger roll where nobody was on him. So, like, right, really? Right. Yeah. yeah. And oh, the thing yeah, is, yeah. Like, if, he was, in, the if he was in the fourth quarter, they would have had scrubs in. I would have kept him in. I'm like, keep eating. I want you to get history. Like, if history's on the line, you should be able to stay out there. And, I, you know, I thought about it. I think Clay not being in in the fourth quarter probably has more to do with what happened last year. Mm-hmm. As opposed to what he could have done last night, I think Steve Kerr. They may not ever admit it, but they. I think the race for seventy three, um, you know, or hurt them. And I think, yeah. I, and I think they, they wanted to, and they kind of blame some of that on the, the little nagging injuries, and then ultimately Steph getting hurt in the playoffs. Um, so I don't think that they really. I, I, I but I, much like you guys, I would have loved to have seen it happen. I mean, you at sixty. I mean, how many other times in your lifetime? Are you going to be at 60 points through three quarters and say, hey, you know what, Clay, let's see what you can do. We don't we're not going to change anything. Keep doing what you're doing at the five minute mark. If you're not where we think you should be, then we'll take you out. You know what I'm saying? And then at that point, like you said, if, if he's at let's say you keep him in and at the five minute mark, he's at 75 points. You don't think he can get 81 in five minutes? Come on, man. I I, I would have just beat him. But, be, be at the foul yeah, line. Exactly, exactly. But I, I think, you know, but I understand why they didn't do it. And I think that has more so to do with what happened last year as opposed to this year. But, uh, B, you, you're right, though. The Kobe fans, man, they they, they bring the cape out when, when stuff like that happens. Man. They don't want to see Kobe's uh, his, nope. his numbers get erased. Nope. Yeah, the capes were definitely out. But a, a crazy game. And I think this also, and we'll, we'll talk obviously more about the Warriors and, and basketball as, as the season progresses, but um, I think this speaks volumes. And we've and think about it like this, guys. We've already seen KD go off. We've already seen Steph go off. We've already seen Clay go off. This is the thing that's scary about this team. On any given night, one of these three guys are going to go off. Now, I think at some point, you're going to have to have a game where Draymond goes off. Maybe not to this point, but Draymond's going to start bitching about not getting the ball or not having the points. But I don't know how much he finished with last night, but um, either Draymond and his mom are going to get on Twitter and start bitching. But I think, uh, but I think, <laughs> you know, his mom was tweeting the other day about uh, him not shooting enough. But I mean, as long as they, will you see this kind of performance in the playoffs? Yes, you will. Will you see this kind of performance on finals? No, not like this, no, because somebody's going to be playing some defense. But I think this speaks volumes as to what 
Golden State can be. And that's scary for the rest of the NBA because if he's got it going like that and Steph halfway has a decent going and KD has halfway decent going, there's not a team that's gonna beat this team. Not like that. You know, you gotta catch you gotta catch two two of the three guys on an off night or shut them down. For you know, because other than that, they they just score so they score so much. Um so we'll see, man. But great, great night for Clay Thompson. Uh moving on to the NFL. Uh Cam Newton, the reigning MV- <laughs> the reigning NFL MVP. Uh, was actually benched and did not start on Sunday night, a uh, national televised game against the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, the Carolina Panthers traveled to the game, and they open up for their first series, and Cam Newton is not under center. Uh, backup quarterback Derek Anderson is under center. He rolls out, throws a pass, and the pass is promptly intercepted. And everybody was wondering, where's Cam? Come to find out, Cam was benched because of a dress code policy. So he was going to sit out the first series uh, as a disciplinary action from coach Ron Rivera. Um, Come to find out he got suspended for not wearing a tie. Um, Ken, what's up with this, man? (laughs) Man, let me tell you something. When I found out that he was suspended for not wearing a tie, I thought this was one of the most ridiculous suspensions I can't say of all time because I'm sure there are others that are right up there with it, but it, it just seemed like it was a little extra for me. And I know rules are rules and I understand that. And you have to make sure that everybody abides by the rule and there's fair right. and equal treatment across the board and this, that, and the other, but a tie, <laughs> you know, and, and you cost yourself three points and the open the possession um, over a tie. Now, you know, if you're looking at it like this, the season is over. Oh, excuse me. The season right. is over. Then, yeah, I guess you would make a decision like this. If, and I've I heard some people say this, if there's some other stuff going on and Cam maybe was getting a little beside himself, you know, um, maybe this is a way to kind of put him back in line. You know, everybody's saying the right thing. Uh, you know, of course, Cam saying that, you know, he's the coach and he's got to follow the rules. And But, Cam, you knew that when you knew you didn't have a damn tie. And why don't exactly. you exactly a tie if you know the rules? So, also, you can look at Cam and say, you know what? This shows a little bit of irresponsibility on your behalf because you know the rules. And I guess maybe you felt like you were above the rules or that maybe you could get away with it this one time. But if you knew you needed a tie, why did you have a tie? You know, and, and that's the thing. And you know what? And, and, and here's the thing. Like, and I think you said this in, in the uh, either on Twitter. You know, nobody didn't have a tie for him to put on. Like, you care about fashion. I mean, you know, it was only a series, but you could have just put a tie on and just walked in. So, how right. strict are the rules? Right? You could have just put the tie on and just haphazardly had it on or draped around your neck. Are you saying that the tie has to be perfectly knotted up in a in a in a wind? <laughs> and keep in mind, keep in mind, he had on a turtleneck. Yeah, so and, and so you know, it's possible Cam was just like, I'm gonna do my fashion thing because that's all I have left in this season. So you know, I'm, if I can't look good on the field, I'm gonna look good walking into the game before I look terrible <laughs> on the field. So <laughs> that's probably what he was trying to do, <sighs> trying to look good as, as much as possible for the rest of this season. Mm, 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 mm. Man, 
B, man, what's your thoughts on that, man? Cam Newton, the reigning NFL MVP, gets benched for not wearing a tie. What's your take on that, man? Uh, this, this is a prime example of what I've always said about the NFL. You can have a dream season one year, and mm-hmm. you have a nightmare season the next year, or, or vice versa. Have a nightmare season, and then next year you might have a, a little okay to almost a dream season. So this is amazing how <laughs> – you know, Cam was from – they was, what, undefeated. They was damn, well, pretty much undefeated at this point in the season last yeah. year. You know, yeah, Cam they were. Was, Cam, uh, was they lost Cam, had, Cam had the whole America dabbing, you know, from <laughs> city kids to suburban kids, dabbing all over the place. And, like, <sighs> it's amazing how the tables have turned a season later after being – after making good. the Super Bowl – not even – well, it looks like they're not even going to be in the playoffs, not even going to make the playoffs. This is oh, amazing. No, they're fishing. They're fishing. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's amazing how the, how the how tables turn for him. Um, Yeah, the tie thing, I, I, I'm i with Ken. I thought it was some BS as well because he's – it's been plenty of times he didn't wear a tie. Like, you know, he had his fashion stuff or whatever the heck he'd be wearing going on, and he wasn't wearing no tie. So I, I I was I I'm definitely agreement with Ken. I think that was some BS. I think it's something deeper than that, than a tie. Something as simple as a tie. Him not wearing a tie. It has to be someone got to dig something up. Where is TMZ? Someone got to dig something up deeper than <laughs> to find out <laughs> to find out why this man got suspended for only not you know for not wearing the tie. I think that's BS. I think it's something deep. I think it's something going on with him and the coaches, the front office or something that that that's not out there yet. Mm-hmm. But yeah, mm-hmm. I, I call BS with that just because he didn't wear a tie. BS. Q, what about you, man? Um <laughs> Cam, man, like he said, man, this time last year he had old white people dabbing. And now mm-hmm. he gets suspended or benched, if you will, for a drive mm-hmm. that and and all, and we we can be honest and say that that drive didn't cost them the game because they were going to lose anyway. But look at look at how it started off on national TV, and then the word gets out about him not having a tie. Man, what's your take on it? All ties matter, man. You just got to put it on, man. <laughs> this is like just at this point, Cam just has to understand that. All ties matter, and you have to put your tie on. Otherwise, things will happen to you, man. On when it's, when it comes to Cam this season, this has like been the weirdest fall from grace I've ever mm-hmm. seen mm-hmm. for a for a superstar. And I that hate MVP it. too. That's crazy. Like, I hate it had to be him, man. But at the same time. I'm not shocked by what's going on because this could very well also happen to the Warriors. Do not stay, stay woke on that in, in, in the playoffs. Because when you get so deep in the playoffs and you've had this amazing record-setting season for your city and you're breaking all these records as a quarterback and you're doing you know MVP, you're dabbing all over the place, you got the whole country, like B said, just going crazy for you, and you get to the big dance – and your pocket presence looks terrible. You don't uh, you don't dive on a fumble that you were stripped of. Mm-hmm. You don't, mm-hmm. you don't mm-hmm. make the necessary plays. And then when people try to ask you questions about it, then you get mad about it and very immaturely walk off. I understand. Still immature. You need to stay and answer at least a couple questions and then walk off. 
But to to do all that and then come back this season, lose that first game to the same team with a with a former third string QB out of Northwestern, oh. and just have this this downward of they almost lost to the 49ers, man. The 49ers were literally a touchdown away from beating them. And, uh, and it, if they had two more minutes on that clock, the 49ers were driving down the field. Um, they had a – I think they almost had – was it a comeback loss against uh, Arizona, uh, Ken, or did they hold on against Arizona? Uh, for one of my second, they beat Arizona. Okay, yeah. and But Arizona was down was by barely. like four touchdowns, and then they started to come back. So you're seeing – that the team is mentally weak. You've seen that the team, ever since they let go of Josh Norman, man, they just yep. don't have that heart in the secondary. Mm-hmm. And this comes down to pay your players, man. Pay your players. I don't care how overrated you think he'll he'll be anywhere else. Josh Norman's in the playoff hunt somewhere else. Where's Carolina at right now? Carolina isn't even mm-hmm. in the discussion. T- Tampa Bay is tied for first in the division with Atlanta. So yep. – we're looking at what Cam is at right now in his career, and I just think that the dude, he's mentally exhausted, man. I just see this exhaustion on his face, and he wears his heart on his sleeve, and he's a leader, and he's either – Cam is one of those guys in the locker room where he's either the most fun to be around or he's an absolute chore to be around, meaning when everything is mm-hmm. going great, it's all – Oh, we love Cam Newton. He, you know, Cam Cam is amazing. Right. You know, he's a great leader. But when as soon as y'all lose by a touchdown or y'all have a deflating loss, Cam got the towel on his head. He got his head down, and people are wondering, "Yo, Cam, what's wrong?" He's not audible. Like he's, Steph he's Curry. Yeah, like Steph Curry. Steph does Steph does that too. But Steph is light skinned so I understand that. But the whole point when it comes to Cam <laughs> is the fact that. Cam, he's stupid. Cam, yo. Is to, <laughs> Cam is supposed to be this leader, and what we're seeing right now is him crumbling under the pressure of having a disappointing season. And I think that comes to the fact, and I want to get everyone's opinion on this because I told people this a couple of weeks ago. Carolina caught the entire world by surprise because I think everyone counted them out. And I think people mm-hmm. were going into games playing down to their competition. They didn't expect Josh Norman to have the year that they had. They they didn't expect Greg Olson to have the year that they had. They they didn't expect Cam to put it all together. Now, when you lose a Kelvin Benjamin, you don't have any weapons on offense really besides Olson and Jonathan Stewart. A lot of teams are going to take you for for granted. And I think Carolina took advantage of people overlooking their team. And they started to string together a couple wins, and then they started to get hot and gain confidence, and their defense right. became elite over time because they had Keekley and they had um, – I forget his name, number – Thomas Davis. 58. And crazy on this. And they had an amazing interior linebacking court. Now they're all banged up. They're all hurt. They just cut the backup who took over for Norman. Uh, and it's just all downhill from here, man. So the tie is simply a microcosm. And it's simply just a symbol of this, of what what has happened. Little things derailing the Carolina mm-hmm. season. Yeah, that's, that's a great point, man. And this whole scenario, man, just kind of reminded me of something that uh, said back in when he was the, the former head coach of the Dallas Cowboys when Cowboys were in their hay in the mid-'90s. Um, 
he said every player will be treated fair, but every player won't be treated equal. And what he meant by that was he gave an example. He said, look, he said, if I got a guy that is a four-string cornerback and we have a meeting and he's asleep in a meeting, he said, I'll cut that guy. I'll cut him. He was like, but in that same meeting, he said, if Emmett Emmett Smith is asleep, he said, I'll go over and nudge Emmett and tell him to wake up. You know, he said, everybody's going to be treated fair, but they won't be treated equal. Basically, I'm going to give my stars preferential treatment. A couple of things that I took from this was that I think, he said, I don't think it's just about the tie. It's a microcosm of things. I think for it to get to this point, and we've, come on, man, we've all seen Cam pre and post game. I don't think in all of the get-ups that he's worn, I don't think he's worn a tie. And I'm pretty sure that he's been worn prior to this, like, look, you need to have on a tie. You're going to be speaking to the end. And you know what? I'm going to wear a tie. And they may not require um, Thomas Davis to wear a tie because maybe Thomas Davis isn't doing post-game press conference. You know, so or they may not. Whoever the starting right cornerback is, they may not ask him to wear a tie because. Yeah, too. Yeah. I said I think he has a thick neck too, Thomas <laughs> Davis. So, oh yeah, you know, he's got a huge. Neck. Wear, yeah, he has to you know you wear a scarf as a tie. <laughs> so you know, so my thing is this: like, you know, Cam, he's the leader of the team. Like you said, a lot of that stuff comes with his body language. When he wins, he's great. When he loses, he's a sore loser. And I can understand. I can, I can actually appreciate that. In the face of the franchise. And I'm pretty sure this isn't the first time that they said, look, you need to wear a tie. So if they told him prior to this, I mean, come on, man. You in Seattle. Nobody couldn't run to Walmart to get him a tie. TJ Maxx, Coles, you know, the grocery store. Somebody got a tie. You know, there should have been somebody on the team who had an extra tie. Because there's always somebody who's got an extra tie. Always. I don't care what level you're on. If you got to go somewhere, if you're in high school, you got to go somewhere and wear a tie, you always have one teammate that will bring an extra tie. Did tie have looked good on his turtleneck? Of course it wouldn't have. But Cam, is like Ken said, he's about fashion. And that's okay, but there's a time and a place that you play football. The fashion part of it comes because, and people are interested in how you look fashion-wise because of what you do on the football field. If you're not playing football, people don't care what you what you're wearing. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think it, it, like you said, it's been a microcosm. It's not just it's, the tie is a part of it. To be a lot of sentiment around the organization that Cam's kind of going Hollywood. So you couple that with the fact of you know I think they've got what four wins this season. You know, the playoffs are not going to happen. And this was a team that was 15-1 and one last year, went to the Super Bowl. Like you said, everybody was dabbing. And, you know, now they come back. And keep in mind, if you look at last year's uh, season, like Ken said, like they weren't – first and foremost, NFC South was trash last year. So they had – that was six wins right there. Well, five because they lost to the Falcons. But – you know, so the season just went in the tank. And, you know, it's unfortunate, but I hopefully he learns from this. Um, but you're not above the team. And and I like B said, I and I agree. I think there's more to it. We may not find out about it right now. I think it will hear something in the offseason that maybe he and Rivera aren't seeing eye to eye. Because they did, 
trust me, he didn't just step off the bus and they say, okay, well, look, we're going to bench you because you don't have on a tie. They probably told him, look, don't you step your black ass out of here without a tie. <laughs> and, and, and he didn't listen. And they may have, and Beyonce they may have said it just like that. You know, but quarterback, man, you're the leader, you're the face of the franchise. You can't be getting suspended for not having a tie or benched, if you will, for not having a tie. And I, I, I kind of, as I listened and heard them talk about the scenario, I asked myself, would this have happened last year? Nope. Winning cures everything. Winning cures everything. Cam could have showed up with, with, you know, with a tank top on, with a wife beater, and they'd have been like, hey, man, we knew, we're going to get you some more clothes. But he wouldn't have gotten benched. So, you know, losing, losing exposes a lot and winning hides a lot. So we'll see what happens with Carolina. They still got a few more games to play. Uh, the playoffs aren't going to happen. So, you know, they're playing for pride at this point. Um, speaking of the NFL, uh, Tom Brady got win number 201, making him the winningest, including uh, regular season and playoff, uh, the winningest football uh, quarterback of all time. Q, where do you rank Tom Brady as far as all-time quarterbacks? Hmm. <laughs> Top five. <laughs> okay. Top five. Probably specifically um, probably Montana. And it's probably him. And it's probably Manning. Okay. Oh. Oh. And, okay. Okay. So you put you put Manning above Brady. Yeah. No. 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 It's uh, Montana at one, Brady at two, Manning at three. Okay. Okay. Then Marino at four. And let me get Barbara. I, I don't like Brett but probably put him in there. <laughs> either him. Well, or I mean, you didn't have put, you didn't have to give me my, you didn't have to give me your top five. I just wanted to yeah. know if, where, where you had Brady. Yeah, top. So Brady's top, at two. Top, top two. Top two. Okay. 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 Uh, B, what about you, man? Where, where do you where do you rank Brady as far as all time QBs? Um. Yeah. I, I I'll probably give him um two right up under Montana. He's top five. Okay. Definitely top five. Okay. I mean, I, if someone argue him being the best, I mean, you can't argue that. But just me personally, I got him at I got him right under Joe Montana. Kenneth, uh, top ten, man. We <laughs> <laughs> put Dante Cole for Pepper at a... <laughs> I put like nine black quarterbacks. <laughs> <laughs> Ken got Mike Vick over Tom Brady. Evans over Tom Brady. <laughs> over Tom Brady. <sighs> okay, why you got him in top ten, Ken? Uh, you know, I have to do the list, man. Uh, you know, I, I, I can't knock his accomplishments. I mean, statistically, they are what they are. You know, but um, right. you know, you know, uh, uh, he's still a byproduct of, of that system. Um, mm. You know, him and uh, him and Belichick—they make a good team, man. And I, I think if you take one away, 
you know, they're not as successful of heart. Mm-hmm. Okay. And okay. Yeah, we have evidence of that a, a little bit. We we all know Belichick before he got we do. Paid. We yep. saw what Belichick what the Patriots are doing before Blesso got hurt. You know, we saw Garoppolo when Brady was suspended. <laughs> exactly. Look look what happened there. He won with Garoppolo and Jacoby Brissett. You know, and then right. he won with uh what what's the other guy when Brady lost the season? Um uh, I can't Matt Castle. Right now. Castle. Matt Castle. Matt Castle. And, and we saw what happened with him when he left that system. You know, so it's no knock on Brady because that system is tailor made for him. He works it to perfection. He Brady puts in the time, the effort, the work. Um, he studies. He works his ass off. He takes care of his body. He has a very, and from what I'm hearing now, and all this stuff seems to be new. And I think this stuff is leaking out because he's starting to sell stuff. I don't know if you guys saw this mm-hmm. well stuff that he has, but he's starting to sell all mm-hmm. of his merch and stuff. So Brady's getting prepared for retirement. And now we're starting to hear about how he takes care of his body and stuff. I think that's on purpose. But from what I'm hearing, it sounds like it's very LeBron-esque. Like LeBron spends over a million dollars on his body. I'm hearing Tom Brady does the same thing. So, um, you know, the numbers are what they are. The wins are what they, what they are. And um and for that he used to be applauded. Okay, okay. Uh I would probably put Brady at two. Um uh, yeah, I would probably put him at two. I, I can't I can't foresee putting him over Montana. Um even if Brady won another ring, I probably wouldn't put him over Montana. Um because I, I think a lot of and, and don't get me wrong, I don't think that when we talk about the success of Tom Brady. I don't think that, I mean, I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, the fact that he's won four Super Bowls. And it should, I mean, you should get props for winning four Super Bowls. But if you look at his performance in his Super Bowls versus Montana's performance in his Super Bowls, uh, it ain't even close. I mean, I remember the, the Super Bowl number, but the 49ers played the Broncos and they beat them like 55 to 19. And I mean, like they literally could have pulled Joe Montana out after the first half. I mean, he was he was that cold. I think he had like four to four or five touchdown passes. Um, you know, and Brady, we all know Brady has never won a Super Bowl by more than three points. In fact, I think what three of the four they've won. Go-go. Um, and there's no knock. I mean, that's still a ring is a ring. Championship is a champion. Nobody, nobody's gonna remember 20 years that you won. It doesn't matter if you won by two points, you won by 20 points. A win is a win. Um, but I'm just saying, if you if you look at the level of play during the if we talk in rings, if we talk in Super Bowls, I try to stay away from the ring talk. But it ultimately comes back to, you know, people want to say, well, you know, Brady's got four rings. I mean, Montana's got four rings, you know. But what did you do to get those? If you want to talk rings, and we talk about what you did to get those rings, Montana was more impressive. Now, Montana's numbers statistically won't look like Brady's when it's all said and done because of the era in which Brady played. If Montana played in this era, I mean, it, it, he would be just as far, if not further, than Brady statistically. Um, but uh, like B said, if you want to make a, I mean, people can make a case for Tom Brady being number one. I'm not going to rank him number one. No, I just won't. Because um, I don't think he's better than Montana when it comes to that. Um, but right now, yeah, I mean, you got to, and he's over Manning. Um, he's surpassed hey, hey, Manning. Yeah. What's up? And, and remember when, 
when Joe Montana left San Francisco, he had Kansas City in the playoffs. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. He, and, he, and was, he, he was still balling, man. Oh, he was still cooking. He was still, the the thing was was that it was extra mounting to play Steve Young. And I mean, if you're the 49ers, you're in a win-win situation. You go from Hall of Famer Joe Montana to Hall of Famer Steve Young. So, and you're still back and you still win another Super Bowl after that. So after Joe leaves. Um, so I, personally, like I said, I've got him ranked one. Um, matter of fact, I'll send you, there was something that I saw today. I didn't get a chance to send it to you guys, but I'll send it to you tomorrow. Um, and it, it breaks down the rankings of the, the, the top 20 quarterbacks. I personally, I think the ranking is flawed, but I'm going to send it to you guys anyway. Um, speaking of the Patriots, uh, Rob Gronkowski, as we mentioned at the top, is out. He's out for the season. Uh, his back is banged up. Um, it's uh, by some aspect, people don't think are no longer the favorites. Um, B, who do you think are the team or the teams poised to dethrone the Patriots? Um, I think the Steelers, man. I think the Steelers can definitely be one of them teams that can get okay. that can get going, you know, at the right time of the season and, and, and make a run at it. Um who else in the AFC? Maybe Baltimore. For some reason, even though Oakland's been balling, I I I just got a feeling they gonna <laughs> I can definitely see them lose the Steelers, <laughs> man. Like I can see them playing like one of those experienced teams. That's that that's been there before. Maybe maybe Baltimore. I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I haven't really seen Baltimore that much, so I, I can't tell. But and I, I forgot what their record was. But um, maybe them. I think they're seventy-five too. I think. Yeah, I'm trying to think. AFC is kind of whack, man. I'm, I'm I'm trying to think. Who else? Kansas City. I'm not really sold on them either. Even though they got, like they, they, got they got a gutsy win against Atlanta this past Sunday, but. I don't know, man. It's like a lot that of was, that I'm was not, a choke. That's what that was. Yeah, I'm not like really sold on. I mean, you know, if Patriots still had Gronk 100, I was just say no one really. I mean, to me, this was the Patriots. I mean, the, the Patriots conference to take. But um, yeah, I would just say Steelers, man. Maybe just one, yeah, Steelers. That's the only team I got is the Steelers. I don't. Uh, the Raiders. They just. I. I. I have a feeling. They're going to they gonna probably have that bye week, and then whoever they play in that divisional game, they're going <laughs> to knock them out. <laughs> yep. I, I just have a feeling, man. I have a feeling. But I, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying I want them to lose. I just, you know, I just, right, right, right. It's like one of those, I can't trust them. I can't trust them. You know, they, they're still young. They're still trying to figure it out. Sometimes you got to take those, those hard L's to kind of learn and then, you know, come back stronger and better. But I don't know. I, I, I could be wrong. Oakland Raiders could ball out and, and be in the Super Bowl. I don't know. But – yeah, still is the only one I can probably see that's capable and more experienced enough. You can't you always can't count out Big Ben in the playoffs. So you know, true. Got, true. Got, and then you know Antonio Brown is out of this world crazy, and Le'Veon Bell. So like offensively, those guys can put up some points and match the Patriots, man. Especially now that the Patriots don't have Gronk, so you know you know ain't no telling how that how that system is going to be. But I got Steelers. I, I can't think of no one else. Okay. Okay. Q, what about you, man? Uh, who is poised to dethrone the Patriots? I like Baltimore. My favorite, though, because Pittsburgh okay. just got Bud Dupree back on the defense. They just got Ladarius yep. Green back. Yep. Uh, Ladarius Green, to me, is like probably going to be a top five tight end in, a, in like two years if he stays with the Steelers. 
Um, he signed a four-year deal this offseason, so I think he's going to benefit. And the scariest thing is that Pittsburgh isn't even healthy. In, in fact, Pittsburgh is right. quite banged up. They don't have Marcus Whedon. Hayward Bay is out. They don't have Martavis Bryant because of suspension. And D'Angelo Williams Smoke is weed out. every day. Yeah, exactly. And they're banged up. They have suspensions. And they still have, like, four deep wide receivers. Like they're, they're, like, five deep wide receiver. And mm-hmm. Le'Veon Bell, as much as people love Ezekiel Elliott and as much as I think he's a beast, you put Le'Veon Bell behind that Dallas line, I'm telling you, he's breaking every record possible. Because his movements and his movements and his vision is gonna suit him so well going forward. He's gonna be a running, he's gonna have a 10 year plus career. Elliot, when I look when I, when I see him, Elliot's knees are gonna take a lot of um a lot out of him because he runs through a lot of contact, he takes on a lot of uh tackles, and that grinds on an old man's knees. Le'Veon Bell will stutter step in the pocket. He's patient. He's going to wait. He's green. Dude is like 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, can catch the ball. He can run. He's faster than most tight ends in the NFL. You got Antonio Brown, who's in, by and far away, to me, the best wide receiver in the NFL. Dude can run any route possible. He can make any catch that you can see Julio Jones make. He can make any catch that Odell Beckham can make, and he wants it. And the dude's like 5'10", five, 5'9", five, 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 almost, and he plays like he's 6'8". So I love his heart. You see you got Big Ben. When Big Ben is on and he's on target, to me, Big Ben is a top-two QB in the NFL. It's not even a competition. He at Some days he'll look better than Brady because – 45 points on Kansas City, then he'll come in on Thanksgiving and destroy that defense. So it's like he looks amazing. And then you have another team that I like. I like Kansas City, speaking of, of them. Uh, mm-hmm. Kansas City has, has a good defense. They're vulnerable at cornerback when it comes to Marcus Peters because Marcus Peters, jumps, he jumps too many routes, and that's like his biggest flaw. But he's a good corner, but there's still a major flaw there when you're jumping too many routes. You have a good interior line. You have a good defensive line. And Kansas City has this weird offense that sneaks up on you and they know how to execute in the late game. So I trust Alex mm-hmm. Smith. Alex Smith has quietly become a little clutched over these last couple games. So mm-hmm. I'm definitely look, looking at Kansas City. And my last um, and my last team that I do like uh, B brought up, I like Oakland, man. I love Derek Carr. Okay. Derek Carr, to me, give him two more years. He'll be in the MVP conversation. Uh, borderline on it right now. He's in, I think he's in it now. Yeah, he's borderline in that thing right now. And to me, it's wide open because can you make the argument without Derek Carr, does Oakland even, even win six games? I don't think that's even, you know, a question. Right. Uh, you got good web, you see, you have good wide receivers here and there. Amari Cooper is going to be a stud in a couple of years. But – does that does that train go without Derek Carr as the main conductor? I don't think so. And we have to give Jack Del Rio a lot of credit because people threw a lot of dirt on his name after his last couple seasons in Jacksonville, and you see how putrid Jacksonville's been. But he's turned that Oakland team around, and this is just proof that the world is ending, man. Oakland Raiders are <laughs> on the way to the playoffs. The Warriors are good. No one knows what's going on anymore. We got an orange, you know, 
pine cone for president. Like, there's no oh, nothing makes sense in anymore, man. But all I know is that I do trust Jack Del Rio. I trust Mike Tomlin if they can stay healthy, and I trust Andy Reid, man. I I I do trust Andy Reid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No doubt, no doubt. What about you, Ken? Um, hey, man, it's it's, it's the people are saying that it's wide open out Gronk, man. Who who do you think is capable of dethroning the Patriots? I thought it was wide open when they had Gronk. Um, <laughs> because remember when they Brady came back and they just they just destroyed everybody, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and I said that they were playing subpar competition. And yep. then they played the Steelers, and they struggled with the Steelers. And it's been kind of a struggle ever since. They For a while, they struggled with the 49ers. If you guys remember that game, and eventually they blew it out late. Um, mm-hmm. They traded Jamie Collins, so defensively they're going to struggle. Um, you know, um, Malcolm Butler loves to cheer on every single play that he, he stops, even if it goes way over his head. Um but when he's cooked, he has nothing to say. He gets cooked a lot. So you put him on a, a, a good receiver, uh, you know, because he's overly confident, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll get burnt because he's not up there with the Richard Sherman's, the, 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 uh, Patrick, uh, um, what's the Peterson, the guy mm-hmm. in, uh, the Josh Normans, um, the guy in San Diego, uh, Verrett. He's not up there with him. Um, but without Gronk, it just it makes them even more vulnerable now. And when you have a guy like Khalil Mack in Oakland coming to get you, yep. What you gonna do, man? Hey, he, he, you that can make boy, a case for defensive MVP right now. Yes, yes, you can. I mean, he is he is a flat out monster. Who? Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack. Oh Oakland. yeah. Yeah, he man, he's up there, man. And this is his second year. And I remember last year in the draft, they were saying that he was better than Jake uh, Clowney, and he's proven it right. Now, you know, Clowney's getting praises in his own way, um, but Matt makes an impact on the field in Oakland. Derek Carr has that it factor when it comes to slaying that rock across across the field. They have two receivers on both ends. Who are you going to guard? Amari Cooper, Crabtree, you know, Seth Roberts can make a play. They got a 6 yep. running back. They got a change, two change of pace running backs and uh, Richard and this fullback. So um, they can stay in the game offensively with uh, the Patriots and can probably make plays defensively. Um, Oakland's defense is suspect, but once they get going, it, it's a wrap. Baltimore, you know, I always hear that they, they struggle with them, but, you know, I mean, it's Flacco could get them. I mean, he could luck up and get one good game uh, and take them out, and I'll take that. I'll take that over the, the, the Patriots winning any day. Um, let's see, who else? And, of course, Pittsburgh, man. Like, they're starting yeah. to get healthy. You know, they managed through the turbulent times without Le'Veon Bell, two games without Big Ben. Um, you know, Eli Rogers can make a play in the slot on the end. Um, Sammy Coates' fingers are, are broken, but he'll drop the ball whether they're broken or healthy. 
but <laughs> you still have to be careful because you can't get you. So, right. and, and that's the thing. They managed to get through without Ladarius Green. But in the in, in the in during that time, Jesse James became a threat in the red zone six mm-hmm. seven. Mm-hmm. Jump up a snap, snatch the ball. So you know, I, I think the AFC isn't the Patriots. Um, it, it's not theirs anymore. It, it's open now, and, and Gronk just for me opened the door a little bit wider because I think trading Jamie Collins is going to hurt them more than they realize. I wouldn't be surprised. I'm going to say this now. I don't know if it's being said out there. It may or may not. I haven't heard everything. I won't be surprised if they get rid of Gronk, too, because Gronk can't stay on the field, and we all know how they roll. If you can't be on the field, they don't have anything to do with you. And if they can get what they want out of Bennett or close to it in that system mm-hmm. that they run, they'll run with it. They'll run with it. So, um, so yeah, man, I, I think it's wide open. I think it's wide open. I think I think everybody made some great points, man. Um, Oakland, I like Oakland. Um, I don't necessarily like Oakland secondary, uh, but I like the way that Carr has played, particularly down the stretch. Um, I'm still a little concerned about Carr because he had his uh, finger dis- pinky dislocated. Uh, it was two weeks ago, and if I'm not mistaken, because I didn't see all of the game Sunday, but I don't think he's taking snaps under center. I think he's taking everything from the gun. So if he's taking snaps from the, from the shotgun, that tells me that his finger is not healthy and is not healed. Um, but it, but they've still been effective. Um, but that front seven is 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 a monster with led by Khalil Mack. Um, like I said, not sold on that secondary. Secondary is booty. But if that front seven can get to you, you're in trouble. Um, Kansas City. I saw Kansas City, you know, pull off a, a great win this past weekend against the Falcons that choked. Um, the real Matt Ryan showed up, but, but that's another story for another day. Um, um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Falcons choked. And, um, yeah, the Falcons choked and the Falcons choked. Uh, but this is – we're talking about Kansas City. <laughs> Kansas City looks good, man. Uh, uh, Alex Smith has played very well, like Ken said. Uh, very clutch, particularly down the stretch. They won a lot of close games, and I think that speaks to uh, Andy Reid and the way that he coaches this team. Um, they, they're not spectacular on offense. Uh, they pretty much it's pretty much Travis Kelsey, their tight end, and then they throw the ball out of the backfield. They run the ball pretty good, but you know they. But you don't want to have to go to Arrowhead to play them. I can tell you that right now. That's a tough place to go in and get a win. Um, but they're 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 very efficient, and I think at the end of the day. If you're efficient and you're playing well, particularly in December, rolling into January, you got a shot. Um, I haven't – I'm not really sold on the Ravens. I like Joe Flacco. I'm not really sure about the defense as far as how, how much further they can carry him. But if Pittsburgh gets in, Pittsburgh's dangerous. Um, because offensively, Pittsburgh can put up points with anybody. Their defense isn't what we know Pittsburgh defense de- to be, but it doesn't necessarily have to be. Uh, Q made a good point. Everybody's getting healthy. And if you got a healthy Ben Roethlisberger, you got a healthy uh, Antonio Brown, if you got a healthy Le'Veon Bell, those three right there will get you points. Um, you just need the Pittsburgh defense to kind of hold hold down the fort. Uh, I thought they did a pretty decent job in slowing down the Giants and, and um, Odell Beckham and Eli Manning this past Sunday. Um, so, and their games are going, I think they still have one more matchup 
with the Ravens. And Q, correct me if I'm wrong, you still have to play the Bengals again, even though the Bengals are going to be out of it. That's still a, a, a divisional rival. It's going to be a good game. Um, so they've got a couple of games, that, a couple of hurdles that they have to overcome. But those three teams, I think, are probably the biggest threats. The, the Patriots are going to win the AFC East. That's about all I think the Patriots are going to do. Um, like Ken, I thought the door was open. And, and I really – and we talked about it here on the show, to give up on Jamie Collins so fast. And now the Patriots don't have a pass rush. And, you know, all of the quarterbacks that we mentioned, Alex Smith, uh, Derek Carr, uh, Ben Roethlisberger, you have to rush it. You, if you can't put pressure on them, you, you're not going to beat them. Um, because for the most part, none of those quarterbacks, well, maybe with the exception of Alex Smith, they're not going to beat themselves. So um, we'll see how this is going to play out, man. But the AFC, like Ken said, the door might have been open before, but it's really open now with Gronk being out. Um, and, you know, if Brady is as great as we you know we think he might be, you know, we'll see how far he can take this team because he's going to have to do it without his is his main toy. So um, Bennett has been good, but Bennett's not Gronk. So we'll see uh, how that plays out. Uh, moving to the NBA, Russell Westbrook, man, averaging a triple-double. Nobody in the last, I think, 50-something years has averaged a triple-double this far, far into the season. Um, I think he's on, what, six straight, six straight games with a triple-double. He had another one last night against uh, my Atlanta Hawks. Um, how long can he keep this up and they still win? Man, I, shoot, we might, we might, we might be witnessing him. Uh, we might be witnessing history, man, because I don't see this dude letting up. He doesn't take a night off. He doesn't take a playoff. This dude plays two hundred percent for however many minutes he plays per game. If he's playing, you know, thirty-eight minutes to forty minutes, he is playing at two hundred percent those whole minutes. And I, I and he got you know he obviously has a green light you know not at Durant that not there and I think I really think he's trying to prove that he doesn't need Durant you know and I think that's what that and this, I said this when we had our NBA preview show I, I I predicted him to win MVP because I had a feeling he was gonna go off this season not triple double go off like this but I just right. had a feeling he was gonna go off this season but for him to be I think he can do it, man. I think you know it's still a lot of it's still a lot of basketball left. We still we in the month of December, but I mean I don't see his numbers just dropping tremendously. If he if he doesn't if he doesn't average triple double, he damn near his average number is damn near gonna be there. It's gonna be like twenty eight nine point five rebounds a game and nine point one assists a game. Like it's gonna be that close if he doesn't. But I don't know, man. I mean, he's on the tear right now. I mean, he is definitely on the tear right now. I mean, as much, and that's one thing about Russell Westbrook. He's he's not he's not scared to go down there and get those rebounds. So he's mm-hmm. I think he's definitely gonna get those. He's gonna he's gonna he's gonna still have those rebound numbers up. The assist number is gonna be a little different if he can keep the assist going. He's gonna do it. I think his points and rebounds are definitely gonna stay in the double double digits. But yeah, man, this is this is crazy. This is crazy. I think I think we might be witnessing. A triple double, a triple double season, man, which would be crazy. Which would, I would love it. I, I would love it. I can. This would be something I can rub in my dad's face. Like, look, you said this was going to never happen, <laughs> but it's happening. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, even my dad's been. In, I talked to my dad a few times about this. Like, as he's on the street, he like, yeah, he like, you know, yeah. I think this dude is really, you know, you know, he he could be on his way to getting it. So, yeah, I think he. I don't know how many games like consecutively he can keep getting a triple double, but man. As of right now, I think we we might be seeing, 
you know, if he's if his numbers is still like this come All Star Weekend or maybe like a couple of weeks before All Star Weekend, mm-hmm. yeah, I think he's gonna get it. I think he's definitely gonna get it. Ken, what about you? Um, Oscar Robinson what, got forty one triple doubles that season. That's yeah. And and mm-hmm. and that was enough to average uh, a triple double for the year. I, I don't I don't know what those uh, games look like individually, but um, it, it shows you don't have to do it every game. Like, this is the reason right. why I brought it up, right? And um, and man, I, I think that what he's doing is is, I mean, on one hand, it's pretty amazing. On the other hand, it's like, well, what do you expect? Because he's the only one there. And right, this is just right. how he plays. And a lot of these stats, he'll just accumulate off him just playing the game the way he knows how to play it. That's giving his all. And, um, you know, with nobody there to basically – I mean, because it's one thing to go out and, and do a score and, and, and win a scoring title. Mm-hmm. It's another thing to go out there and, and win a rebounding title. There's another thing to go out there and, and, you know, lead the league and assist, you know. But to do it all, to do all of that together at one time, and not saying that he's going to lead the league in any any individual area, but right. saying that just to do one is, is tough enough. But to be able to do all three consistently over a, a, a night-to-night basis – it requires a lot, a lot of energy and effort. And you see why Kobe, Michael Jordan, big them up. You know, and, mm-hmm. and I think um, I heard somebody say that OKC is like Allen Iverson because it's just that one guy and then it's everybody else. Right. And, um, and I think he can do it, man, because I think he's really going to be the only guy throughout the rest of the year that's going to be able to go out and get those numbers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Just the assist numbers alone are, are crazy because he's not just getting – it's not like what Draymond Green was doing last year that everybody was so impressed by. <laughs> you know, it, 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 he's getting like 12, 13, 15, 17 assists a night. Mm-hmm. He's putting his guys in positions to score on a nightly basis, which – Brings up and elevates the team, and 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 be able to get the rebounds on top of that is is, is crazy. So, um, I'm curious to see see it play out. I'm looking forward to seeing it play out. And actually, to be honest, I've enjoyed watching LeBron have this little moment where he's flirted with averaging a triple double, and even uh when James Harden was close to averaging a triple double, mm-hmm. you know, and and you know Westbrook's just in the position on his team where. He's really the only guy there. And and if you think about it, and remember, B, remember when LeBron had nobody? And yep. he was damn near putting up triple doubles like this? Yep. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty much the same thing. When, you have, when you're that talented and you're the only person on that team, you have to do all of it yep. in order to give yourself a chance. And, that, and that's the same thing my dad said comparing Oscar Robinson's season to this season because – Oscar Robinson didn't have nobody. He well, he was that right. dude. You know, yeah. I, my dad said Oscar Robinson in the season. He didn't get a ring until Kareem came there. Young, a young uh, Luau Cinder came there, and my dad said wow. Oscar knew the moment that they drafted him. Oscar knew that they was gonna win championship that season because he knew he had. He knew he had someone. 
he had someone to kind of mm-hmm. kind of lean on, and he didn't have to you know carry all the weight himself anymore. And look what happened. They won a championship, right? You know, so like like he witnessed that. He saw that happen. Like, you know, like the same way we see, like, yeah, they're gonna win it or they're gonna do something. He's Oscar knew it. So someone they got a little outsender, they was winning the championship and they did. So yeah, it's amazing, man. I think I think it's dope. I I, I hope he does it. I just want to rub this in my dad's face. I hope he does it. <laughs> hey, I I'm like you, man. I, I would love to see it happen. I think um much like you, I've talked to my dad about it too. You guys know my dad. He um he he loves Oscar Robinson is one of his favorite players. And I remember talking to him a couple weeks ago and he was like, I don't know if he can do it. He said, like, it takes a lot. He was basically saying it, the, the regular stuff. And then, you know, as it as the weeks has progressed, um, we were talking the other day and he said something. He said, Look, he said, if if, if we move into January, he said, if you look around in mid-January. He said, and he's still like he said, if he's at like eleven, because the, obviously the hardest thing is the, the rebounds. He said, if he's at like eleven, eleven and a half rebounds, he's like, it's probably going to happen. He said because his rebound totals probably won't tail off. And he said one thing about a triple, you know, averaging a triple double. He said you don't have to get a triple double every night to average a triple double. If he can push his rebounds up to like eleven, eleven and a half a night, he's like they probably aren't going to taper off. So the nights that he gets eight. The nights that he gets nine, you know, it, it'll offset, but he won't fall under 10. So he'll have the the, the numbers. Um, one other thing I heard on the radio today, uh, Oscar Robertson averaged a triple-double playing 45 minutes. Russell Westbrook is only playing 35 minutes a night. Mm. That's crazy to me. So he's playing 10 less minutes a night and still putting up just as big, if not bigger, numbers. And it's not – when you watch him, it's not forced. I mean, he's doing – we're not seeing any different from Russell Westbrook that we saw last year. The only difference was there's no KD. There's no Ibaka. So, I mean, he's got Oladipo, but, I mean, hell, what does that do? I mean, it, that, it's hit or miss with Oladipo some nights. Um, so he ha- he doesn't necessarily have to go out and get a triple-double, but he has to do a lot more. Um but it's effortless. It's within the flow of the offense. Like I watched the, I, I saw the clips the other night where he had a triple double and he had like seven rebounds in the first half. That's just him going to the glass. And it wasn't like he's, you know, going taking rebounds from his teammates or anything like that. He's just being aggressive and it's not hurting them on the offensive or defensive end. So, you know, I, he's not compromising wins for the triple double. It's just happening within the flow of what he's doing on a night to night basis. And if you can do that and still win. And I mean, obviously they're not going to win a championship or anything like that. And, you know, ultimately they're going to run into one of the juggernauts in the West and it's not going to be enough, but I will say this much, that's still impressive. And I think, you know, much like my dad said, if, if we get into mid January and he's hovering around 11 and a half rebounds, uh, he, he, he will get the title. Um, by the all-star break, if he's there, it's it's pretty much a wrap. I mean, he, he will get – and if he gets a triple-double, and somebody – and I can't remember, somebody asked us this the other day on Twitter. If he gets a triple-double, is he worthy of the MVP? If he gets a triple-double, I'm giving him the MVP. Come on, if he averages – I'm not – If he averages – Yeah, if he averages – Yeah, if he oh, averages yeah. triple-double, I'm giving him MVP. I'm not yeah. – I don't care what LeBron does. I don't care what Steph does. I don't care what KD does. I don't care what Harden does. Um. Because I, I think that, like be, like you said, it, that's history. And I, I don't know that 
when you study the game and you've been around and watched as much basketball, I mean, like there's certain, it's like this. There's certain records that we just assume that will never, you know, be broken or happen. I remember like watching baseball, um, Joe DiMaggio's 56 career, I mean, 56 consecutive hits. Mm-hmm. That I, I, I never thought that Pete Rose, I think, in the mid-80s got to like 41, 42, mm-hmm. something like that. And that was close. That was as mm-hmm. close as it was. Yep. It's hard to go get a hit every single night. Every single night, yeah. Um, and, and even – and so I put this right there with that kind of record, like, because this is so hard to do. Shit, even understand. It's, even, uh, Miguel, ahead, even Miguel Cabrera getting the Triple Crown. Yeah, that was the first that's, time that was done in 40 years. I mean, it, it's it's damn near impossible. And, and you guys know, you guys play basketball. People, and I, I think sometimes we get a little desensitized to, because we see it so often, particularly when we see guys like LeBron Harden. It's hard to get 20 points in a game, mm-hmm. let alone getting 20 points against other professionals, yeah. let alone get 20 points and 10 rebounds. Let alone get twenty points, ten rebounds, and ten assists. Yes, yes. I mean, like you, you, if you played the game, and I never played basketball competitive other than you know in the gym and stuff. That's, I mean, like that's mind-boggling. It's hard as hell to get twenty points in a game. I mean, and we we see twenty points, twenty points, thirty points, forty points. Last night we saw sixty points on a night-to-night basis. So we're somewhat desensitized to how hard it is, but that's not easy. And to keep that kind of level of consistency over a period of time. Yeah, I mean, he'd get the, I think he'd get the MVP vote hands down. Um, we got a lot of basketball to see to see and play through. Uh, hopefully, obviously, he stays healthy because he's you know health is going to play a huge issue in this. Um, but he's on his way, man. I mean, we we're just a couple of weeks from Christmas, and he's still sitting at a triple double. And if we get into this time next month in January, I think it's going to happen. I definitely think it's going to happen. Um. Speaking of the NBA, man, uh, we're, like I said, almost a couple weeks from Christmas. Um, a lot of basketball has been played thus far. B, man, who has been some of the most disappointing teams or players thus far in the NBA season? Um, teams, off the top of my head, I'm going with Phoenix and I guess Minnesota. I, I, both both teams are sitting at 6-14 and 14 right now. Uh Jeez, yeah, eight, eight games under under eight hundred. Um, you know these were young, young, good young teams that we was kind of talking about to kind of make a make a little push to the play. You know, for even though it's still early, I mean, you know, just based off this based off this season, I did not think that Minnesota and um, Phoenix would start off. You know, would be eight games under five hundred at this point. You know, of the NBA season. You know, I thought they'd have been teetering right at that five hundred, maybe a game or two over five hundred right now, but no. If I have to, if I have to go for disappointment right now, it's definitely both of those teams. They got, they got good, they got good young superstars, you know. Especially Minnesota with Coach Tibbs, you know what I'm saying? Like Coach Tibbs, yep, yep. like, yeah, I, I would, I would not think they would be eight games under five. I mean, yeah, eight games under 500 right now. So that's 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 pretty. That's definitely disappointment. If I was to go player, um, you know, I, I you know I follow teams, but I, I guess I just had to keep your hometown as uh, Detroit. I'm 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 okay. I'm disappointed in Stanley Johnson, man. I I would expect him to to take after having you know a good kind of a breaking out a little bit in the playoffs last season. I thought it was going to roll into this season, and he, mm-hmm. you know, rumor has it he's not getting along with with Stan Van Gundy. You know, right oh. now, yeah, yeah. Um, 
you know, Stan Van Gundy mentioned that he said, you know, the reason why his minutes is being reduced because of his work ethic and, you know, Stanley Johnson saying that, hey, oh. yeah, that's not the case. And so, yeah, I, I, I was definitely expecting Stanley Johnson to kind of take that leap. Just how KCP has been taking a leap forward every single season since we drafted him. I was expecting Stanley mm-hmm. Johnson to kind of make that leap too and kind of kind of start to own that starting small forward position, but he hasn't owned it yet. You know, it's still owned by – Morris and uh, Tobias Harris, you know what I'm saying? So I, I was hoping Stanley Johnson to kind of, you know, take take another step forward. So if it was anyone I was disappointed in, he's the first person I can think of. That's because that's his home team and I follow my Pistons, you know. Oh, and they whooped Atlanta Hawks' ass. <laughs> but that's another story for another day. But, yeah, so, yeah, Phoenix, Minnesota, <laughs> and, and Stanley Johnson as far as disappointed player. Okay, okay. What about you, Ken? I didn't know we uh, lost Q. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't know what happened to him. Um, for me, man, uh, I agree with uh, Minnesota. I'm, I'm, I am so disappointed in them, man. Like, I don't know what's going on, and I'm hearing that Tibbs is is frustrated with the team because he expected more from them. Mm. Um, but he has to be patient, man. Those are young guys. Yep, real young. They're gonna need his his guidance um, to get them to the level that that they need to get to. Because the talent is there, it's, it's on him, and um, and I think he got guys that want to compete. He has guys that have played on championship team or championship contenders. So these guys are competitive, and they're going to put in the work. So it's up to him to to make it all work together. So definitely, uh, disappointed in, in them. I thought they would be way better than what they are now, and they've lost some close games. Um, the Kings. I think I say this every year. Okay. Um, okay. But okay. I, I thought they would be in, um, seven to thirteen. Um, I don't know, man. They, well, you know, Matt Barnes is a thug. I love you, Matt Barnes. Don't come after me. <laughs> but he got he out there choking, choking women, and punching. We don't want no problems. Yeah, I don't want any problems, man. You're my favorite player in the NBA. <laughs> but he out there choking people, man. You can't be choking people, Matt Barnes. I, I, get it together, bro. So now, I, you know, so that team is dysfunctional. But still, I just – I thought that they would be a little bit better uh, than, than what they are, at least 500. Right. Or a little bit above 500, like in contention uh, with everything. Um, and I'm disappointed in the Lakers. Uh, okay. Mainly because okay. I thought they would be – have a worse le- record than they have. But they don't. So I got to give Luke Walton credit. <laughs> uh, he's doing a good job with that team, man. Ten to thirteen, they're competing every so, night. So you're disappointed because they're not they're not doing they're doing good. Yeah, because it, 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 cause I'm wrong. Yeah, I'm wrong on Luke Walton. It's so oh, yeah, <laughs> I'm being selfish, B. Okay, but uh, but no, nah, man, it, it, it's interesting the way he's doing it with that team because. I really thought D'Angelo Russell was going to take a step forward, but he really hasn't. You know, he still looks a little bit he, – he's he's better than he was last year, but not by much. You know, he's not dominating. He's not that guy. Luke Walton is really doing it with everybody. And that's really kind – of, because he has a lot of different pieces there. And some of them do the same thing, but – the way that Golden State played, it's like he brought some of that there. And it's working. And it's, it's, it's actually having them in some of these games. So 
so yeah, man, props to Luke Walton. Um, and who else? And, and you know what? There's one other guy I'm I'm a little disappointed in, but I knew he was still a little bit raw talent wise, um, and he didn't get a chance to develop under Dwayne Wade. Just just as Winslow, um, he's been okay, hurt. Okay, okay. Yeah, he's the focal point. They really want to run the offense through him. But, uh, you know, he, he hurt his wrist. He's out. He's out another four games. He's been out for almost a month now. And um, efficient, he, he's not efficient in his scoring. His shooting has only improved by a little bit. But I, I was hoping he would really, like, take that next step. Like, with Dwayne Wade, you saw it. And then you saw it, like, really just pop out. It hasn't popped out with him. And I'm starting to wonder if it, if it will. But I'm still reserving the right to, to withhold judgment just a little bit because he was a rookie last year, and that was Dwayne Wade's team. So they now just shifted it to this team, um, to him. But he has to stay healthy and get on the, get on the court. And, um, and we'll see what happens with that. But, uh, yeah, that's that, that's all I have for right now. Okay, um, for me, uh, Timberwolves, as you mentioned, um, a little disappointed in them. I mean, like they're young, and I so I'm still going to give them. I'm gonna cut them some slack because they're still young. But I thought that this team probably could take the under Tibbs. I thought they could probably take the next step and be pushing for a uh, for a playoff spot. Um, and that looks like that's not going to happen. Uh, Boston. Um, little disappointed, but and I and I'm I don't have their record pulled up, and, and I know that Boston they've been up and down. They've been up and down, and I, and I, I was looking for a little bit more consistency. I honestly thought that Boston would be in the position where they would be at least at the very least pushing the Cavs, like where Toronto was last year. I thought that's where Boston would be with the addition of Al Horford, uh, who happened to miss a game-winning layup last night, but that's another story for another day. Um. And Al has been in and out of the lineup with a concussion and a little nagging injuries or whatever, but I thought Boston would be better. Um, Indiana, a little disappointed in them too. They've gotten off to a relatively slow start. You look at that lineup with Paul George, uh, Jeff T. uh, I thought that coming off the summer that Paul George had with the Olympic team that, you know, he would be much better um, and subsequently carry the team a lot more. off to a really, really slow start. I know a couple of weeks ago they had like a players-only meeting. And, you know, if you're having a players-only meeting 20 games into the season, something's wrong. Uh, they won a couple of games after that, but, you know, subsequently gave up last night 60 points to um, <laughs> to Clay Thompson. And, again, if you haven't seen the clips, go watch the clips of those shots. Clay Thompson was, was shooting wide-open threes and layups. I mean, his layups were uncontested. So a little disappointed in, in Indiana. Um, I don't really have a, too many players that I can think of off the top of my head who I'm disappointed in. Now, two players I feel for, um, Boogie Cousins. I feel for Boogie Cousins because there's really not a lot in Sacramento, to be honest. I mean, as far as what he's playing with, uh, I got a chance to watch, um, who was that, New Orleans and uh, New Orleans versus Memphis last night. And I really feel for Anthony Davis because uh, he's playing with a bunch of nobodies. I mean, like, they had their starting lineup out there. I couldn't name – Anthony Davis is the only guy in the starting lineup I knew. And no, I take that back. 
Um, the kid from Oklahoma started last night, but I don't even think he's a normal starter. Um, you guys know what I'm talking about, the rookie. Uh, what's the kid that played at Oklahoma last year? Three-point shooter. Rookie from Oklahoma. Buddy Hill. Buddy Hill, mm-hmm. yeah. He started last night, but I don't think he starts on a night-to-night basis. He's struggling. Uh, that game went in it. Yeah, that game went in a triple overtime, and I don't think he sniffed the court. Um, so I feel for both those guys. I, they're not having disappointing seasons, but I, I feel for them because these guys are two of the best big men in the game, phenomenal talents, but they're just playing on some bad basketball teams. And, and it's just – and I, I text one of my boys. I, I said – I asked him, I said, well, how long does Anthony Davis stay in New Orleans before he gets the hell out of there? We know, obviously, he just signed a new contract. My boy responds back to me. He said, Anthony Davis will be a Laker. In three years. Mm. I said, man, please don't say that. Please don't say that. <laughs> I was like, I do not want to see him in a Laker uniform. So those are a couple of players, man, that I just feel for. Like I said, I did not, not too many people, not too many players are actually disappointing me, but those teams that I mentioned, um, I'm a little down on those teams. Of course, we got a lot of basketball left to be played. Uh, we've seen teams, you know, go on runs. We've seen uh, teams, you know, get beat by lesser you know, teams or what have you. So season is still young. Of course, we got the Christmas Day games coming up uh, in a couple of weeks. Um, and it's good basketball on each night, man. So make sure that you definitely, definitely tune in to that. Um, in the show, time to uh, do what we do every week before we get out of here. Uh, a little segment that we'd like to call One Gotta Go. Now, these uh, items, these uh, ideas that we're going to talk about are not from us, not from Dead End Sports. They are from my partner, my partner in crime, my man, Eclectic, uh, Shameless Self Plug. Make sure that you check out uh, my new podcast on the 12 Kyle podcast. Uh, me and Eclectic will be reviewing Red Man's Muddy Water. That podcast will be out on Thursday, uh, the 20 year anniversary of Muddy Waters from Red Man. So, Eclectic, he runs uh, One Gotta Go at One Gotta Go on Twitter. So, Throw these things out here to Ken and B, and pretty simple. One got to go. Give you four topics. One has to go. Um, let's go with quarterbacks. B, Andy Dalton, Derek Carr, uh, Andrew Luck, or Kirk's, Kirk Cousins. One got to go. You said Dalton, Carr, Luck, and Kirk Cousins. Dalton. Kid, <laughs> yeah, who has to go? Dalton, Carr, Luck, or Cousins? Kirk Cousins. Whoa. Get him out. I get rid of Andy Dalton. <laughs> no. No. I'm getting rid of Andy Dalton, man. I'm getting rid of I'm getting rid of the and, red rifle. Andy Dalton can at um, least win beat beat good teams, but we're not gonna get into all that. You like that. You like that. <laughs> Oh, all right. Let's keep it on quarterbacks, man. Actually, I got a couple on quarterbacks. Um, Ken, Eli Manning, Joe Flacco, Russell Wilson, or Ben Roethlisberger. One got to go. Flacco. (laughs) That's a layup for you. Yeah. (laughs) What about you, B? You said Flacco, Eli, Russell Wilson. Super Bowl winning quarterback. Yeah, Russell. Yeah, they all got rings. Russell Wilson and Ben Roethlisberger. Black on. 
Yeah, I, I guess I go. I, I go with Flacco. I go with Flacco. Yeah, I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna keep the traffic. I, even though I love Joe Flacco, <laughs> I don't love him, but I, I do. Yeah. I love man. I love Flacco. I don't know why y'all don't like. When I, uh, I mean, he, he, he all right with me. I, I mean, that's Ken that just that don't what, like man? him. Like him. Any, anytime I mention Flacco on Twitter, man, people all in my mentions talking about how they don't like Flacco. I like Flacco. He was overrated, He's not man. Hey, he bet on himself, he got, man. He got overhyped way too too fast, man. Off of that one run. Trent Dilfer went million. on the run for Christ, crying out loud. Twenty million, man. Twenty million. That's all I got to say. Um, Ken, you'll appreciate this. The brother quarterbacks, uh, Cam Newton, uh, Tyrod Taylor, Dak Prescott, and Jameis Winston. One got to go. Oh, that's easy. Yeah. Tyrod Taylor is absolute. Oh my God, this dude. Yeah. That's my big Tyron Taylor. Why did they give him that money? Hey, man, because they oh, had nobody else. Oh, my God. He, Why didn't he make, that money? He made such, he made, he's making us look bad, man. <laughs> what, Kyle? Oh, Kim said he's making us look bad. He is, oh, man. man. Um. I'm getting rid of Taylor, but it's I, and there's no knock on Dak, but Dallas hadn't beaten anybody. Uh, just keep that in mind. But I'm getting rid of Taylor. Um, all right, so let's take it in the NBA. There's a caveat to this. There's a caveat to this. Healthy and in their prime. All right. B. Healthy and in their prime. Carmelo. Kyrie. Or D Wade, one got to go. Carmelo, Kyrie, D Rose, or D Wade, in healthy I mean, and in their prime. I mean, Kyrie's still in this. He's he's getting into his prime, really. Um, right. But yeah, he's still young. Um, and you said one got to go. Mm-hmm. Damn man, see, I like Melo. <laughs> <laughs> I like Melo, man. I, I like Um, because I, I always vouch for him when I say he was the he was the best scorer in the NBA. Like he was the most all around best scorer in the NBA. Right, right. He said Derrick Rose, and then who else was that fourth person? D Wade. I gotta go. I probably gotta go with Rose, man. I probably gotta go with Rose. The the, the MVP, the former MVP. MVP. We talking prime now, and it's prime healthy. And his prime health, he's MVP. Yeah, but he he couldn't get past LeBron and company. He couldn't. He couldn't. He couldn't. He couldn't even get to the finals. Couldn't even get to the NBA finals. Man, I mean, and, they, and he had a, he had those Chicago Bullet teams were some good teams. So it wasn't like it wasn't like it was Derrick Rose and just nobody else. You know what I'm saying? Right. So right. number one seed, yeah. Right. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You're right. You're right. Never, You're right. you know, Never made, never made to the NBA Finals, man. So I, I gotta go. I gotta go with Rose. Man. I got Rose. Gotta get up out of there. All right, Ken. Well, we know we know who you're not picking. <laughs> yeah, so I, I'm with you. It's, it's gonna be Rose, man. Um, you know, uh, and he was he he played a lot like Wade, very reckless with his body. Um, he's paying for it or has paid for it. Right, but yeah, right. number one see, I never believed in, in those Bulls teams back you then. <laughs> I used to tell I thought they could get it done, man. 
Nah, nah. I, I, I didn't. I didn't. Everybody, everybody was on on the Chicago Bulls bandwagon. Yep. And um, mm-hmm. and LeBron and, and Wade got them boys up out there, out the paint. And, quick, uh, it was too. Crap. Yeah, yeah, it was quick. It yeah, was I think quick, they lost so. like five games, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah, it quick work. Because I think they won the first game. Yep. And then that was it. <laughs> that was it. But um, uh, oh. but yeah, I yeah, get get rid of D Rose, man. I, I need somebody that's gonna be able to hit a clutch free throw when I need it at the end of games. Mm-hmm. I, I'm in the minority here. I'm gonna, and this is this really isn't fair to him because he's in. I'm a, I'm basing this on him being in his prime now. I'm gonna get rid of Kyrie because I think I think Melo in his prime is an MVP candidate. I think D. Rose, obviously, in his prime is one an MVP candidate. And D. Wade in his prime was, dare I say, Jordan-esque. Because I think D. I think we would agree D. Rose in his prime was that 06 final. Was it 06, 07 finals? Um, 06. So, yeah, I got to get rid of Kyrie. Not, I ain't touching Kyrie. I, I ain't Kyrie. letting Kyrie go. <laughs> no. Just like, to, to piggyback off Cam point, Kyrie hit big shots. And he he just proved that past season, and he he does. Kyrie's he probably does. one of the best finishers finishers man going to the rack man. Like Derrick Rose wasn't as good of a finisher as Kyrie Irving is man. Kyrie he Irving was just athletic, huh? Yeah, Derrick Rose was just really athletic, and sometimes he would just throw shit up. <laughs> right, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> okay, right. but okay, so but right. but Derrick Rose, Derrick Rose MVP season, Derrick Rose in his prime against Kyrie nope. right now. Nope, because Kyrie you know, Kyrie jumper Kyrie jumper was wetter. His handles was better. You know what I'm saying? Everything. Yeah, Derrick Rose couldn't really shoot like that. He got well, better. Derrick Rose was wet season. Like, he he was wasn't nice. wet like Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving, he, he, Kyrie Irving got moments where he wet. He wet. He I mean, think about this, Kyle. We're, we're looking at Kyrie, and so, sometimes we're questioning whether or not he can shoot as good as Steph Curry. Right. The best shooter uh, of all time. I just, he went I up against the two, two, the back-to-back unanimous MVP. I, but, 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 now we we know who won. We know who won that finals. It wasn't Kyrie hit the game with a shot, but he didn't win the finals. But he was balling. All, no, no we, were, no we were question. saying that no we question. were saying that Kyrie was was damn near the uh, uh, the uh, finals MVP. Mm-hmm. No question. My only thing is, is that I, when I think of and, and it's people feel this way about D Rose. I just if I go back to 01, D Rose in his prime MVP. I mean, like we thought this guy was gonna be Mm-mm. VP or in a discussion every year. And you know, look he at what it big is. Big games, now. man. And he win those big games. <laughs> <laughs> and just skill for skill, Kyrie was just he was better. Just skill for skill. Besides the athletic part, okay, Derrick Rose got him in the athletic part. Mm-hmm. But other yeah. than that, skill for right. skill, Kyrie was better. Kyrie got one of the dopest handles okay. I think I've ever seen. And I've seen a lot of oh, no, his I've seen a lot crazy. of basketball. Kyrie, Kyrie Irving crazy. handles is pretty sick, pretty damn sick. I'm handles arguably the best in the game right now. Um, okay, I got we got two music ones. We're gonna get out of here. Uh, let's go songs. Hey, wait a minute. Hey, hold on. what's up? I know you're talking about in his prime, but Derrick Rose couldn't even beat LeBron James 
without Kyrie and Kevin Love. Remember? Yeah, but but okay, but when they but when they faced them, it was it was what wasn't that D Rose? I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, not D Rose. I'm talking about the Cavs. Wasn't that two years ago? They had Jimmy Butler, Derrick Rose, Noah. Um, who else? But they yeah. lost to but they lost to the Heat, right? No, 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 he talking no, about no. When, he talking about when Cat when LeBron first came back when he first came back. Yes, that first year. But yeah, about, but but to Kyle's point though, Ken, he said they prime though. Like the, the, I know, I'm just, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah D Rose like, in his prime now. Like you had your full squad. Yep. And LeBron is mm-hmm. limping. And maybe Derrick Rose wasn't as healthy that year, but that was your year, though. Like Jimmy right, Butler but, had but a I, I don't consider. I don't know. I just wanted and to point that out. I think you know that's a good point. I just I don't consider that D Rose's prime though. Like yeah, I would yeah, think no, his prime yeah, would be oh one oh two. And then again, like I said, it's kind of unfair to Kyrie because that's assuming that Kyrie's in his prime right now. And I think we I think Kyrie, people forget Kyrie's only like twenty three, twenty four years old. So he's probably entering Kyrie. We that's assuming that he's in his prime now. I don't think he's in his prime now. I think he's just getting started. And to also. Um, uh, offer a counter argument against Kyrie. Kyrie never did it by himself the way Derrick Rose did. The Derrick Rose yeah, and, you know, like a couple of bum teams where it was just him. Having to and you know what, to be honest, Ken, we, we can make the same case for Melo. Melo didn't get it done either. Yeah, but Melo got his teams to the playoffs. Kyrie never had a winning season until LeBron got there, I believe. Oh, wow. He didn't have good players wow, around him, though. But, yeah, that's true too. I mean, he had yeah, because Carmelo had them good squads in Denver. He had some good teams in Denver. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's go songs, hip hop songs. Uh, B, I'll start with you. Dirt off your shoulders. Uh, in the club, Fifty Cent. Pump it up, Joe Budden. Made you look nice. One gotta go. Um, All the club bangers made you look. Pump it up in the club, dirt off your shoulder. I say, uh, pump it up. Okay, okay, okay. What about you, Ken? I think I'm gonna go with uh, pump it up too. Yeah. Okay. I'll complete the trifecta, man. I, I love Joe Budden. Uh, wasn't a bigger fan of that song. Um, and that was the biggest. Never hit. was really, and that was his biggest. Hit. Yeah. I know. Well, you know what? I because I was I was like a big fan of the mixtape Joe. Mm-hmm. So when I heard, I mean, don't get me wrong. If it come on, I'm a jam to it. But it's not. I don't go crazy like when I hear it. People, you know, everybody else used to run to the dance floor and stuff like that. I was just I was like, oh, okay, you know. But I was such a big fan of the mixtape Joe. Um, oh yeah, still a banger. I right, but yeah, I, of the of the four, it's got to go. All right, last one before we get out of here, Ken. Um, hip hop song. Bone Thugs and Harmony for the love of money. Respect by the locks. More money, more problems by Biggie. And Junior Mafia, get money remix. One gotta go. So it's between more money, more problems, and money, power, respect. Mine's more money, more par- more, more money, more problems. Same. You- you getting th- getting rid of throwing rolls in the sky, waving side to side, keep your hands high. Money, power, yeah. respect. 
And, and, and I bought that lot. Did y'all buy that lot CD? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I got it. I, I got it. Yeah. I got it. Yeah. Witches of Eastwick. Yeah. Yeah. That. Yeah. Yeah, I got that. <laughs> nah, man. I ain't listened to it in a minute, but I I got it. I, I haven't either. It was so it was so it was so bad, boy. <laughs> it sure was. Because hey, because when oh, they yeah, second when they second album came out, we are the streets, it was like, okay, this is the locks that we Right. This, yeah. Right. This is the album that they wanted to make. I, you know what I mean? I'm getting rid of for the love of money. What? what? I'm getting rid of for the love. What? I mean, you know what, man? And, 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 it, and Ken, this is another album. Uh, what's what's the name? East ninety nine. I got this album. No, it's creeping on the come up. Creeping on the come up. Creeping on the come up. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Creeping. Yeah. Which one was first? Creeping on the come up. Creeping on the come up. Creeping on the come up was in ninety four. Okay. So okay. Okay. So I got this. So I, actually, I got both. Um, I can't. Uh, yes. I can't against you other tripping. Songs. You tripping. I can't do it, man. You tripping off the love money was so was so was so banger, man. You you tripping off that one. I'm sorry. I can't. I and like I love the song. Tracks. Yep. It was like eight tracks. Yeah. It was like a, it was like an EP, right? I think it was like it an was EP. Good, man. But I paid full price. Yeah. I paid an album okay. price. I paid. Yeah. Yep. We paid an album <laughs> price for that, man. Yeah, man. Hey, well, I didn't pay for it. I didn't. I got a dub, but uh, <laughs> man. yeah, man, Bone Thug. They were so the they were so different back then, man. Man, you know, they were they were crazy, wrong, man. Man, for love, and, and nobody, Easy E, come on, man, they're not dads. Oh yeah, they're not high behind the tree, making so the motherfuckers don't see. Get hey, out of here! What? Be honest, but, but, but hold up, hold up. But you know what the thing about the you know what the thing about Bone is? Even after all these years, I still don't know what the hell they're saying. I do. I do. <laughs> whole album today. If you put it on and we drive it in the car, I'll rap every single lyric. I mean, from the singing and everything, they had the perfect person on the hook, man. For love. Amen. Oh, it was a bad. I'm putting that over more money, more problems. I'm sorry. My, that, that just got uh, I got to throw your rollies in the sky, wave them side uh, to side. Money, power, respect. Get the get money remakes. Yeah, that yeah. No man, I'm bye bye. More money, more problems. Bye bye. <laughs> bye bye. I wish I had. I wish I had my computer, man. I, I because I, you I, know I, what? I, and now that I'm thinking, like I remember on that that was on this one of life at the death, and you know you heard what's beef, and then all of a sudden you heard. I was like, what? Come I was like, oh man, like that. I but don't get me wrong, like. Big killed. That's one thing that's so great about Big. Like he can have, he can go so raw on the commercial happy ass sounding track. Right. But the track over. I mean, the song overall. I, I no. I'm not picking. I'm man, not picking. That's why I always say, man, over, over for the love of money. I'm not picking that over for the love of money. That's why I always say, Life After Death, man, was it was a great album, but it should have been a single. It, it was too many filler songs on the album. Mm-hmm. Nah, I think that song and then what the song with Little Kim on this too. Oh my gosh, nasty! Oh, that was terrible. And the song with um, um the song where he was singing player haters. The song he, yeah, what, player what, haters. three what three out of twenty four three out of twenty four. That's not bad, mm-hmm. man. That, for a double album, that's not bad. nah. There's a couple other ones I would take on. Um, like what? Uh, I don't know. Let me look at um because the drum was too short. What's what, what's the one we was arguing about? Um, oh no, no, I'm not even voted. Notorious thugs. You better not say that. You better not say that. 
I, I, I can't believe you it. said that's a filler. Um, I cannot believe you said Victoria Stone is a filler. Hold on, hold on. B, before they jump in my mentions, I'm not saying that's a filler. I didn't like the way you, Biggie was rhyming. I didn't like. I think Biggie should have stayed on his his, oh his lane. That's what made the song so amazing because he went oh, he went with Bone Thugs. He Biggie went with a style we never thought he had. But you That's Biggie, you don't have to go in nobody else's style. You Biggie. No, yes he can because if he's showing how versatile he is as an MC, I think that's dope. Um, there was a couple. There was like two other songs that I didn't. That was like I thought it was fillers. Um, side Miss one was, you. Side one I think was better. Um, and I, I can't think of it off the top of my head. I'll probably think of it once we get off. Um, but yeah, I think, man, it was 12 joint. Yeah. Yeah. What do you mean? Uh, kissing you? No, yeah. Miss you. Missing you. Miss you. You're talking about me. Yeah. Miss you. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there was a couple of fillers on there, man. And, and I say that about most double CDs. Um, I said the same double CD, same thing about Nas's double CD. Um, I said the same thing about All Eyes on Me. I thought All Eyes on Me was just like four or five tongs too much. Yeah, that's second disc. Oh, yeah, yeah. Disc you All Eyes on Me? Very yeah. scary. Yeah, yeah, that first disc. He started off right with that first disc, though. Yes, sir. Man. Yeah, with ambitions of a rider. Yeah, so, yeah, um, man. War, trading war stories? Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, this mm-hmm. one was it. Um. I will say, now this is just me, and I'm in a minority. I think the best double CD was, or one of the best double CDs was Eight Balls uh, Lost. Y'all remember that? Yeah. Yes. I (laughs) still have it. Oh, yeah. Me too. I think it's actually three, because I think they gave you a bonus disc with it too. Oh, I didn't even get that one. Or am I thinking of another one? Thick case, real thick case. Yeah, right. Real, real thick case. Right, right, right. Yeah, that's like my favorite. Yeah, that, 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 oh man, eight ball came with it, man. Yeah, man, but it was so poorly marketed and everything, man. It, it was, just, it was, it was, it was poorly it, marketed, man. I don't know, and I don't know why because this was, this was eight ball MJT kind of at the height. Yep. You, you got three, yes. yes, yeah, it was three CDs, it was three discs, but the third disc, uh, was just like almost like a compilation. Okay, okay. Yeah, so yeah, really two. So it was national. So it's really just two, but yeah, man, yeah, yeah. I remember being in a thick case. I remember being in a real thick case. Yeah, man, still got the case. Still got it. Still got down. So double CDs, man. For especially for those you guys watching and listening, double CDs back in the mid '90s were a thing, and then you know it kind of went away or whatever. But I mean, it's hard to do. It's hard to do that. And I still don't get me wrong. I still love life after death. Um, I don't. Oh know yeah, it's not. It's not. Die. It's not rated. It's not rated die level. No, oh. no, it's not ready to die. It's not ready to die. But I just think if they had done it, if he had done a single, and like Jay, what was Jay Z's joint? The Blueprint Two. Blue, yeah, Blueprint Two. Yep. Yeah. yeah. What do you think about Wu Tang Forever? Um, that was dope. That was dope. Uh, you know, I, that one I didn't have a lot. That one didn't have a lot of fillers. I don't think. Well, maybe no. no, that, no, no, no. That, that was solid. But, that was solid. Yeah, that one. That, that one was. I, I didn't feel like. Oh, they should have brought it down to one disc type. Right. Type right. Of album. And then you know, with nine MCs, you got to have. You know, I mean, if you want to get your yeah. full complement of everybody on the tracks, but that yeah, I would say probably that one and eight balls, and there may be one or two other ones that I'm missing. But um, yeah, double CDs hard to pull off. Hard. I don't know too many artists right now that could pull off a double CD and still give you quality music all the way throughout. 
you know, it's just, it's tough because it's trying to condense all of that and keeping the concept and the thought process of how you want your album to sound and flow. It's hard. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. hard. But yeah, man, um, unless y'all got something else, man, I, 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 I'm done over here. I don't have anything else. All my notes. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm good. Yeah. What y'all got coming up on as far as reviews coming up? Uh, that they just we just dropped. Uh, well, Mike and FIFO reviewed the weekend. Sorry, as Starboy album. <laughs> yeah. I didn't hear that. And then we were reviewing Childers Gambino. Yeah. Next so we okay. Okay. No, Cole, Absol, and maybe Cuddy. I think they got. Are y'all going to review? Um, going to review Rhapsody. I was gonna hit B up about that crown. Yeah, she has a good idea. Yeah, y'all gotta read. Yeah, it's been like two or three years since she dropped. Uh, yeah, well, with the, with this December about to be crazy. I, 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 you know. Yeah, we're not gonna do it. Man, this it's yeah, we're not gonna. Man, and we got running juice. Running juice coming out January thirteenth, so that that's gonna be probably our shoot when we come back from uh, Christmas vacation. So who else? Who else is dropping before the end of the year? Uh, Smoke Dizzy and Pete Rock got an album together. Um, For real? Yeah. Huh. Um, okay. I'm looking, I hope Conway. I hope Conway drop his album before this month is up. I'm, I'm look, definitely looking forward to that. Okay. Um, okay. Who else? Yeah, that's that's really. And I mean, it's, it's a producer named Stro Elliott that that's dropping the album, uh, instrumental album this month. I'm looking forward to that. Okay. Uh, what uh, that's about it as far as I'm in, and whatever we gonna review. Yeah, that's a lot of stuff in the fourth quarter, man. I was telling somebody the other day, like this kind of remind me of back in the day with the old Def Jam fourth quarter push, where Def Jam would have all of their all of the dope artists come out in the fourth, drop something in the fourth quarter for the end of the year. Yeah, because the last couple of years it's just been dry. They normally just take a vacation. Right. Right. You don't really get anything. So let me ask y'all this, and I never asked y'all this before, but when you, after you got, how much of the music that you review do you actually go back and listen to after? Because y'all listen to a lot of music. Do you ever find yourself going back to listen to that music, or is it just more or less? If it's in my 10. I listen to Cold. Okay. Yeah, if it's in my top 10, I, I probably played it uh, more than, I probably played it after the review. But if it's not in my top okay. 10, never. <laughs> yep. What about you, B? How much music that? I'm yeah, do that you do. You go back and listen to. Oh, oh yeah. Like Ken, yeah. If it's if it's an album that's not top ten worthy, then yeah, I probably won't revisit it. Okay. I'm listening so much. I'm listening so much other stuff. Like even so much music, right? Yeah, even right, the right. stuff that's not even that we're not reviewing. It's just stuff that I just want to listen to that I like listening to. So. Yeah, because it's it's not only just hip hop, right? Right. That's right. What we do, oh, no question. Right. Like, right. Yeah. There's, you know, of course, the beat tapes, jazz, R&B. There's all kind of other stuff that that I'm listening to. I know B listening to. We all listening to. So we don't just listen to hip hop like 24 seven like that. And and to be honest, man, I find myself listening to podcasts more mm-hmm. than albums these days. Same here. Same here. Same here. 
Let me know what you when you when you go off live so I can ask y'all something when we go off live. Oh, I'll kill it. We'll holler at y'all next week. We'll holler at y'all next week. Peace.